You know what's funny is we were going to do some kind of predictions the last episode. And certain people on this podcast were like, no, we don't need to do predictions. Nothing's going to happen. And I was like, but we'll be into the year. Something big could happen. Who said that? Uh, I'm was not going to call out anybody. I'm not going to call it me? out any names. I'm not, I'm not going to like put anybody on the spot. I'm just going to say somebody You already did. It was, it was either me or Oren. Uh, it, it was me, actually. Uh <laughs> doing a podcast today also i just wanted to give a shout out to madden for sending us in your clip it's cool to hear from you madden and also everyone else of course yes. mike is here as well mike. who gave us a clip yep that was fun zach uh, edgar we appreciate it all you guys Definitely. i really love that madden said that uh aaron my man you gotta play the outer wilds right aaron so it's time it's i've been playing it time. actually because it's on game pass now um so yesterday I was playing Aliens Fireteam Elite, which I like and I'll talk about later. But it made me think about Prometheus for some reason. Oh, because it has, um, it has Seeks Incorporation in it from Alien Isolation, right? They have what? Sorry, we got we to introduce Mike first before we... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't hey, sure what you were going to do. That's why I'm I was sorry like... to interrupt you. I just want to make sure people know what's going on. Okay. There is another no person confusion. here. Who's this yeah. voice? Yeah. Who is this voice? Uh, hey everyone, I'm Mike Carlson. Mike, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Uh, well, uh, it's good to be here. Uh, I would I would probably say I'm your guys' number one fan because I've listened since uh, episode one, before that's... the great rebranding. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Schism, that's true. Mm-hmm. Those episodes Wasn't it called are lost. Uh, no media before no media cast or something. That's no, it was the uh, the no cast. No no cast. Cast, right. But no media yes. was the company, and I remember Mike. You were said that you, or maybe it was you or someone else, told me that they went to load the page. I thought that there was no content on the page because it said no media. <laughs> no. But <laughs> no. if I said that, that would that would purely be a dad joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, thank, thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be here. I feel like um, I'm always on the podcast because I listen to you guys uh, while I walk and I respond to everything you say. So I have this really sort of bizarre, unhealthy relationship with all of you uh, mm. where I laugh at everything. But you guys just don't hear my responses. So today will Usually be you give me a nice little write-up after an episode. I do. On Signal, yeah. which is always nice, fun to read. So it's cool to get some feedback. I don't get any write-ups. Jeez. Uh, well, usually it'll be like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, uh, Mike, do you ever get tired of me talking about Hitman all the time? Be honest. Uh, yeah. I did actually tell Kevin if if uh, if Hitman Three was a drinking game, I would be dead. Yeah, <laughs> dead. Uh, I, Hitman Three is canceled. Uh, we we can't talk about it anymore, uh, and I, except for the news story. Or Doom Eternal, right? Off. Doom Eternal, as well. No more Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal's also Doom, Eternal. Doom Eternal's almost more more run into the ground. <laughs> What I right, what like, I do want is more Halo Infinite because I've never heard Kevin that riled up about anything. 
Oh, what about Star Wars though? Kevin got pretty pissed about Star Wars. No. That was a great podcast and everyone should listen to it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to drop a hot take. I've, I've been watching uh, The Book of Boba Fett. Mm. It's like the most boring TV show I've ever seen. It's the most boring version. If someone told you, guys, there's a Boba Fett show, this is the most boring version of that show possible. Like, have you guys been watching it or do you guys not care? It's very boring. Not care. I've been hearing I have not though. watched it. Uh, I did like The Mandalorian. Um, I watched it with my son. You know, we had a lot of fun with it. And I liked how they portrayed Boba Fett in that. But I have heard that the actual, you know, Boba Fett series is very Disney. It's There's no risk. He's not, he's not sort of that, like, brutal bounty hunter that Star Wars always hinted at. You know, like, no disintegration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like when I think of Boba Fett, like, a scene from a Boba Fett show would be like, Boba Fett walks into a cantina, and then there's like three stormtroopers there being like, we've been looking for you, Boba Fett. And he's like, well, you're not going to capture me. And then he just shoots all three of them, and then he just goes back to drinking, like, or something brutal like that. Or he's like, where's the money? He goes up to Greedo, where's the money? And he's like, I don't know. And then he just Lebowski. like shoots him in the foot or whatever. Like, yeah. like I don't know. Like, it should be like awesome and badass and he's ruthless. But you watch this show and it's it's like, oh, he's befriending these Tuscan Raiders. And they're like a tribe and, and they're friends and they're working together. And he has a moral compass now. And he's always like spare right, the prisoners. Hor- horrific, horrific. <laughs> It's just very boring. It's a very boring so, show. The only thing I have thoughts about it is it just seems redundant because they have the Mandalorian. Why are they making another show about a Mandalorian character? Now, I know yeah. Star Wars people are going to be like, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. He's a clone <laughs> of a guy who wears Mandalorian. Okay, I know. Okay, but you know what? Mandalorians didn't exist before Boba Fett. Okay, so if you take the hook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've had this conversation with people before. People got on my own. But anyways, it just seems redundant. It seems silly. It's like the same archetype. They're both these kind of bounty hunter characters who you who are gunslingers and you know they're badass. So it seems like it's like why not make one about another archetype? Feels like a double dip many. for sure. Yeah, it feels like a double dip. So. Well, that in, they've yeah. already done the whole like you know, uh, hardened bounty hunter finds his heart, right? Like, mm. I don't think we need that story yet again. Like, uh, yeah. it for me it worked well with with the Mandalorian because uh, he had no history. He was mm-hmm. a blank slate, right. and it was fun for that. But for someone as you know, o- almost um, charged or loaded as Boba Fett, uh, you can't really play that same safe route. Yeah, it, it would have been really... cool if it was just brutal and dark for Disney. Like it would have been awesome. I may have watched it then, but but it's uh, because it's Disney. We have to wreck on the character, so he's like, "I'm a good person now. I'm trying to." Mm connect with people and bring people together it's just like why you're boba fett all you cared about up until this point was money yeah (laughs) it doesn't make any sense i don't know you know maybe all that time in the sarlacc pit really really softened his heart made him reflect on Mm. all of his life it's true even when they're gonna that's you know basically what they put in console to the carbonite he's like what if he doesn't survive he's worth a lot to me it's like he doesn't care if he he dies he just cares if he's not as worth as much because he wants yeah it's an alive yeah he's an nft bro he's just in it for the money 
Uh, he hey, he should money. be. He should just be in it for the money. Like like I, I was watching the show with my brother. And I'm like, I swear, if this, in this episode, Boba Fett doesn't just turn around and shoot a guy, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like this is like Boba Fett's about should should not be this Disneyified stuff. But you know, right. the other thing about about this stuff is just in general, Star Wars always had this '70s space vibe, and I feel like the Disney stuff didn't have that to me. I don't know why. It just it felt like it was overly produced and like. What about Rogue One? I don't know. It didn't. I just, it just didn't they feel like, right to me. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not like, you know, knowledgeable maybe enough in the field to be like what what is specifically. But it just didn't feel like uh, that 70s space. And you know what else I really like in 70s space is Alien. Specifically, the first movie is the best one. So for sure. Good uh, segue. Anyways, I was playing Aliens Fireteam Elite, right? <laughs> and it was a fun game. I really liked it a lot. And I was thinking about the prequels. But to Alien, right? So I think all of us can agree, probably. I know at least probably Aaron, Aaron and Mike, I, or I'm not sure what you think, but Alien 1's the best. Aliens is f- important and fun. but And everything else is kind of up for debate, right? Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot of <clears throat> disagreement on which Alien sequels are good. I think 4 is probably right out right everyone maybe agrees i don't know maybe not maybe maybe four is loved but what is that but one the called prequels, like legacy or generations or something uh, uh resurrection resurrection and it was directed okay. by the amelie director and written by joss yeah. whedon mm-hmm. so oh wow, that's and then so, so so it's also weird if you think about it, there's six movies in, the, in this in the trilogy or in the whatever it's called right and three of them are directed by ridley right. scott so if you guys had to choose of other than alien one and two what are the movies that are actually good because I haven't seen three or four. I've seen some of four, and it was enough to get the point of, I don't need to watch this. And I've seen Alien Covenant, and I've seen Prometheus. And I feel like both of the prequels were kind of okay. But, like, what do you guys think? Like, what's better, the sequels, like three and four, or the prequels by Ridley Scott? I, I kind of like Prometheus. I, yeah, I think Prometheus, Prometheus, Prometheus has elements that are interesting and different. And, like... Right. Like you can pick at it and be like, why are why are why are all of the characters acting so like stupidly? But apparently, I, also I know kinda why think that, that happened. Well, I think it ties into the story a little bit because the characters are messing with something that they shouldn't mess with to begin with, so it kind of works. But they apparently were originally written as like minors. Mm. Oh, really? And, and then they changed them to be scientists, but they didn't change the the, the dialogue and the writing. Which makes mm. much more sense. They're not. They're not. They're not like alien bile. They're bio, not scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not. Of course not. I like aliens. I like miners too. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I like Minecraft a lot as well. <laughs> I like but, aliens. Um, <laughs> that's. But, uh, that's uh, I'm gonna make. A I guess like that. Alien Three though is like debatable, right? Like I've yeah. never seen the third movie. You watch the director's <laughs> cut, and it's even though it's kind of like incomplete, like literally, like it's missing. Wait, David Fincher got a director's cut. Well, our, it's not a director's cut. It's like the extended edition, but it's it's like forty five minutes longer. So, what's better, it's... that or Prometheus? Prometheus. Okay, so Prometheus. I think Prometheus I is think... the second best Alien movie. You think it's better than Aliens? Uh, yes. I might agree with that actually. Wazes. I think um, the theatrical release of Aliens to me is better, uh, but I think Prometheus is better than the director's cut of Aliens. Yeah, director's cut's way too long. It, it is. Uh, the, for sure. The pacing is just off. Um, it's so, really drawn out. And yeah, yeah it's, I, I don't, it wasn't really an improvement to me. Mm. I like Aliens more than Prometheus. To me, Prometheus hmm. committed a mortal sin, which is 
telling us who the space jockey was, the backstory. That is not information I ever needed to know. No writer that's not Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett could ever tell me who, like, what, I don't want to know. Keep it a mystery. It's way better. You know what I'm saying? And that, to me, is unforgivable. And then, of course, Alien Covenant does even more, which tells us where the Xenomorphs came from. And yeah. I absolutely, that is just, no. <laughs> is Alien Covenant the worst one? Do we agree yeah. on that? No. Uh, probably. Four. I barely remember that movie. That movie is just really like, good. I don't even remember what happened. So. I couldn't tell you a single plot beat, yeah, other than <laughs> yeah. there's an android on a planet. And he's evil. That's about it. Yeah. And they, and, and they violate every single um, protocol as far as safety, uh, quarantine, all of that. They just threw it all out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I still need to see... Uh, the Last Duel by Ridley Scott. I keep hearing that movie is his return to form. Oh, know, really? Say. So, yeah, I've it's heard it's HBO really good. Max. Yeah, I might watch it tonight. Why not? Huh. It's, it's I, I thought I heard it was bad, and I was like, I'm not sure. I don't know. The uh, It's got Ben Affleck and um, his his buddy, you know? What's his buddy? Matt Damon? Matt Damon. And they just, when you see, like, really famous actors who are kind of one-dimensional in period pieces, it's like, uh... It is jarring. Take, it, it takes me out a little bit. But it, mm. Ridley Scott, so it's got to be at least somewhat good. I don't know, man. He's made some bad movies. Mm. How come like. he's not considered to be one of the greats? Is it because he has bad movies? I think he's too inconsistent. Like, I feel like he, he he's like one of those directors who's one hit for like five strikeouts or whatever, or mm. five strikes. But like if the one hit is like changes genres, is that like, does that not count? Because, like, I mean, come on, Blade Runner and Alien are, like... Back-to-back, back, yeah. Some of the most influential movies of all time. Well, the same thing could be You're said right. about George Lucas, right? Like, right. Star yeah. Wars and Empire Strikes Back were yeah. amazing and phenomenal, but the prequel trilogy uh, was definitely lacking. Uh, mm. Even if we look back on it now um, with our rose-tinted glasses, which I think, you know, sort of the zeitgeist has right now, right? Like, everybody sort of fawns over the prequel trilogies. They do? Um, is that I a do. thing? Yeah, actually, my my daughter really likes them. Oh no! So I just oh, no. watched episode one. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, and episode know. two actually, <laughs> hilariously. So that's funny. What did you think, Kevin? Um, episode one wasn't as bad as I expected, but I, my expectation was that it was going to be the worst movie of all time. Um, right. Okay. And it wasn't the worst movie of all time. I it didn't offend me like Last Jedi. So how about that? Mm-hmm. Last Jedi, well, within the- 10 minutes, I was angry, which is weird to me. Hmm. I, I had the expectations of, like, this will be fun. So yeah. it's just bizarre. Yeah. Huh. I still think you can't forgive uh, Episode 2. I, I have a really hard time watching Episode 2. That movie's just. What about really Episode bad. 2 so bad? Um, Anakin and the love Padme. story, just everything oh. with the love story is just like horrible and I hate just saying. nails on the chalkboard. Yeah, of course, right. irritating. Everywhere. It gets everywhere. Yeah. Hmm. Also, um, like the you. other thing about episode two, and this is my more unfair criticism, but uh, that was right when George Lucas started to go all in on green screen. Yeah. So episode two looks really tacky. Like at least mm-hmm. episode one has sets, so it looks like a movie, but episode mm-hmm. two looks really dated. I actually hmm. agree with you. Episode two, mm-hmm. I remember watching them. They, that's that. I feel like is the beginning of like CG everything to death. Like everything right. is CG'd. 
that was like the yeah, beginning of it. That was the first one, the, the uh, forerunner. But, yeah, I think yeah, it was the first movie with over a thousand VFX shots or something like that. Yeah, or maybe over a hundred. I don't know. Like, like it had like a record number of VFX shots. It's not. It, it hasn't aged well. I'll just say that. Uh, it's I think there was actually. Boring. It's there. I think there's actually an anecdote where uh, Martin uh, George Lucas went to visit the set of Gangs of New York, where Martin Scorsese was working, and he said to Martin Scorsese as they were walking and talking, "One day, all of these sets, you won't need sets to make movies." And the the result of that was Attack of the Clones, and it's like it just looks terrible. But hey, but, at least he tried, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember how we got down that way path but aliens star wars, star wars makes me mad man. aliens aliens uh, and uh, the prequels and this what's what's better i guess what was the question I, yeah i think i've said this before but the thing that, that i feel i think also about star wars it just feels like it's like really high quality star wars fan fiction that's what the, the disney stuff feel like or yeah. the prequels the disney stuff the prequels yeah that's how i felt too <laughs> I don't know. Felt, I remember watching the prequels with my little brother and sister in the movie theater like 10 years ago and just being really like shocked. So like, bad let, I thought they were. I agree. <laughs> but, but, but just think of this, like the prequels has a scene where Anakin kills children. They would yeah. never do that now on Disney. You know, I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they uh, didn't show him killing children. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty dark scene. It's a, the, the, imp- it the, the implication of the scene is plenty. <laughs> <laughs> to drive home that message so they even talk about it Obi-Wan's like I saw him killing younglings on the video <laughs> I just it want bad. I just want good stories and like something that doesn't feel like it's like calling back to stuff all the time like even in the Boba Fett show it's like oh look it's a reference to this oh it's a reference to that and it's like just stop yeah. it just no, it's really annoying, story. actually. I remember when I was watching Rogue One, I was super irritated about that. I, I just want them to bury Star Wars. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I am, I, like, and, and, and I am a Star Wars nerd, right? Like, I read a yeah. lot of the books. Uh, I, I watched those movies nonstop when I was a kid. I was super excited about the prequels. But at this point, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Like, not, not every planet needs to be uh, Tatooine, right? Mm. Like, like, they visit right. three planets in the entire <laughs> star wars filmed universe it's this and it's it's boring and also the rigidity of you know jedi versus sith like there is no nuance they don't play around with that at all and there's so much there like you could really have um a lot of fun with like a jedi bounty hunter or a jedi assassin you know, like like just different things but they they explore none of it and you're right it's all just it's all callbacks. It's all fan fiction. And I just, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. You know, just I tested that. Just Knights of the Old Republic. Just play Mike Knights and I of the Old worked together for a period. And I remember I had this heavy printer I had to lift. And I remember someone else who worked with also told me that they were a big Star Wars fan. And I tested them too, and they did not get the reference. But Mike did. I remember I lifting this heavy box, and I said, Hey down there, could you give me a hand with this? Just like that, and Mike laughed immediately. I was like, "Ah, <laughs> that's, that's what I knew." Kevin, that's what I knew. Kevin was the right hire. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's so great. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, all right. Should we get into the news? Actually, yeah, I got one big stupid news. story for you. Okay. I, I think you guys are gonna hate me for this, but it's so 
warm in Los Angeles today that I have a fan blowing on me. Okay. Orin, how do you feel about that? Um, uh, I live in Chicago. That's all I'll say. It's 45 degrees today, but it's nice and sunny in the yeah, Pacific it looks nice. Northwest. I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. All right. Yeah, that was a bad story. But uh, let's get into the news. What's uh, Nothing happened. You know what's funny is we were going to do some kind of predictions the last episode. And certain people on this podcast were like, no, we don't need to do predictions. Nothing's going to happen. And I was like, but we'll be into the year. Something big could happen. Who said that? Uh, I'm was not going to call out anybody. I'm not going to call it me? out names. I'm not, I'm not going to like put anybody on the spot. I'm just going to say somebody you already did. It was, it was either me or Oren. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was me, actually. Uh, <laughs> I like to defer responsibility and spread it okay, out. Right. Uh, yeah, right. So, gotcha. Yeah. You can defer it further if you like, but uh, so but who yeah, could I don't have know. predicted this? I mean, Pfft. yeah, who could have predicted that Stalker would be delayed till December? Yeah, I know. Or, or that or that Hitman Three would have a freelancer mode. What? We're gonna we're gonna get what? there. What? Uh, okay, so Stalker did like really quickly. Stalker did an NFT thing. They got so much backlash. People were refunding the game, so they said they're not going to do NFTs. But now they're delayed till December. Do you guys think Stalker is a real game? Yes. No. Yes. No. And I am still excited about it. Yeah, I'm still excited about it. I think it's an it. NFT. It's an NFT. It's an NFT. I just don't think that delays are a death of a game. Like, it doesn't seem like no, it happens no. that often. Maybe Duke Nukem Forever, but even that came out. Well, let's just remember, After. Stalker was announced in 2012. Stalker 2, right? And then it I was mean, it canceled. was like, it wasn't announced really until Re-announced 2017. It wasn't until E3. Where they showed the gameplay or whatever yeah. trailer that they do now. I mean, it's I am, it's it's an entirely different company at this point. Yeah, yeah, right. They have like two. I want to play Stalker too. I want to play it. It looks fun. Like it'll be fun. I think the thing is that Microsoft clearly believes in it because if you go to Game Pass, especially on Xbox, for like four months now, it's been saying Stalker coming, and it still says it's like you can even download Stalker too. I don't know what happens like when the, you click the download button, the but like when they have the like coming soon games, Stalker Two has been up there forever. I'm like, clearly somebody at Microsoft tried the game and thinks there's there's something going on there. They just pre-allocate 80 gigs of empty space on your. Oh my Xbox. god. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, that I mean, the game hasn't come out for a year, but you can download it now. Uh, what what is up with that? They always say you can pre-download these games, and then it's like it's not doesn't really work most of the time, or something happens. You might just be right. It's just pre-allocating. It's just stealing my hard drive space. It's like having a giant coming yeah. soon banner in a parking lot for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then like like it all sectioned off with the gate. I think it's just like, hey, when this is out, download automatically on my Xbox is on. That's what the thing it's supposed to do is. Yeah. Well, I remember like, uh, I think it was Half-Life 2 or the whole orange box, right? Like, uh, it, it was almost revolutionary, the fact that you could download the entire game before release and the only thing that happened on release days it was basically decrypted yeah uh-huh. and and that even took a while it did it did take a while was that the first for, game um, to really do that uh, that's interesting it might have been um, yeah, probably 2004 i mean for my no, fuzzy no, memory 2007 perhaps yeah, like two? Oh, the orange box, he said yeah. orange box the orange yeah. box yeah uh i yeah. remember doing that on a lot of steam games you could download them after that you could download them and decrypt them it's pretty awesome 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jeff Grubb, who is a uh, he works for VentureBeat, he's a like industry reporter with a lot of industry contacts, says that even online E3 is canceled. That Actually, sucks. is that official? I mean, oh it's gosh. not official yet, that. but he says that that expect that he he has insider knowledge that that's likely to happen, and he's a pretty reliable source for these sort of things. What do you guys think? This makes me sad. That's terrible. Uh, I think it's gonna for me, it's going to be Jeff Keeley. He's going to run everything in the world. It's going to be games. Jeff Keeley, and it's just going to be like we're going to get have these really boring forty-five minute streams that Sony and Microsoft released every three months that have no cool announcements. And you're like, I'd rather just have one of these a year so I don't have to watch all this garbage. I don't know. That's well, how do you at. think it'll affect uh, game development lifecycle? Because a lot of companies really push their devs to, 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 to make these, these markers, right? Like E3, yeah. uh, the game show, whatever. And if there isn't any, if studios get to release it on their own schedule is is that better it's not for us right because we have these events they're like birthdays they're like christmas to us Mm -hmm. yeah however if we get them as they come throughout the year does everyone benefit yeah they don't have to spend time making those like vertical slices which apparently take enormous development time and crunch so that's that's a that's a good point they'll probably still make them they'll just release them at different different events you know I guess it's just like, do you want to watch one event that has a billion games, or do you want to watch a bunch of events from each company? To me, E3 had something about it felt like more like everyone was coming together to present, and less of like a long commercial for one company. Even though the, the, it kind of still was that, it just felt like it was less of that for some reason. Um, the the format with E3 felt more like, like a, kind of like a celebration of these things, not just marketing, whereas the Summer Game Show felt like a big marketing event. There's constant commercials and stuff. I don't know. It just felt like a different thing, I guess. Hmm. So I'm sad. I like D3. I liked it too. Um, I, I enjoy Jeff Keighley's events, but I also agree Me that too. they're like too commercially and they have a. Uh, like the game awards. I was like, gosh, like another commercial or like, gosh, another like MOBA game or. You know, yeah, just... you know, I like Jeff Keighley too. I do feel like there's a lot of like id with him. Like there's a lot of Jeff Keighley, which I like Jeff Keighley, but it does feel like right. E3 was not about an individual. It was about like the things, the games. So right, it was. Yeah. It was also a networking space, like we talked about last time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that sense of yeah, I'm. I, I just don't like how it seems like there's less opportunities for people to discover games and meet like developers to meet and like hire talent. It just seems like E3 was such a great chance to do that. Um, it was, I remember going to uh, the surge developer talking about the surge too, and be like, you guys gonna put multiplayer in this game. And they're like, not this time. Well, Mike, uh, Mike brought a, up a great point though, about like, you know, the crunch involved with E3, like, especially after having read that pre- press reset book by Jason Trier, there was just, so many instances of people crunching hard before that just for a vertical slice and that that's the silver lining i'd agree with mm-hmm. and sometimes there's a lot of backlash right like when when we're shown footage that doesn't actually line up with gameplay uh 
it doesn't play out well. Like there is a lot right. of resentment for for that sort of bait and switch. So Watchdogs. I mean, hopefully, yeah. Dark Souls. However, uh, E3 has died and riven and risen from the ashes before, right? Like in mm. the in the early mm-hmm. aughts, uh, it, it, I, I think Penny Arcade Expo kind of displaced it, and and then they yeah. they sort of came back again with a uh, resurgence and uh, no more booth babes. Did they do AAA though at Penny Arcade? They did some really big announcements, but yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure if it was like AAA. Yeah, it's mostly. But I think that gave them enough pressure to uh, to to reevaluate their presentation format. So maybe this will be the same thing. Yeah, I hope so. I I do. I I just I dislike the idea of all the companies running their own platforms. It's kind of like the Steam. You know, you play Origin thing. Like everyone's running their own thing. Rockstar now has their own launcher. Everything's like going. We we do our own thing. Rockstar has a launcher. Yeah, Rockstar Games launcher. If you launch any game through Steam, it now has to launch through Rockstar Game Launcher, which requires a secondary account. Yeah, it's like the social. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, Rockstar Social Club. I don't like that. And you can't even buy some of their games through Steam anymore. Like what? Uh, you cannot beat the GTA Remasters are not purchasable on Steam. They're only available through Rockstar Social Club. That's kind of, so. they're kind of doing us a favor there. Um, well, right. but I suspect that Red Dead 3 or GTA 6 or Bully 2 or Manhunt They make it a Bully 2? Bully know. 2 was canceled. Oh. What about Manhunt, Manhunter Manhunt 3? Manhunt 3. Oh, I want that. Serial killer psycho. stealth game? You, you sicko. That I sounds don't know fun. If actually, like, I'm not sure if that game actually had good gameplay or if it was just yeah, more the it. horror elements were very visceral and people liked that about it. I don't know. I, I, liked, a, how, uh, I liked how you could uh, hide in the dark in that game and it was actually a gameplay mechanic. That was cool. Oh, oh yeah. That is cool. Like it's like Splinter Cell. Yeah, and Splinter yeah. Cell. Yeah. Hmm. I did cool. really like L.A. Noir. So, uh, no? If they could do a remaster at 60 frames per second, that would be great. Oh, is that game yeah. only run at 30 frames per second? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's painful. Oh. Yeah. yeah so that's I had the idea that it got remastered. I'm going to check really quickly. Maybe is there a VR version, isn't there? Yeah, I think there's a VR. I, I think it's still 30 FPS, though. In VR? In VR? No. That's like a death sentence. <laughs> I haven't played that um. version. <laughs> So there was That's an the, LA Noir remastered in 2017, but I don't know if it's 60 FPS. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I think the PC version's probably never changed. Ugh. Probably would. Uh, okay. Um, Hitman Season Two, cool stuff. VR, lots of features. Check it out. It's on Game Pass. Released on Steam after a year, and uh, players are mad. It is getting review bombed because it's sixty dollars after a year. What do you guys think? Is that a a toxic attitude to assume that a year-old game should be discounted when it's brought to new storefronts? Well, it's on Game Pass. Not on PC, I don't think. Really? I don't know. Okay. I can't tell if I don't know if it's fair. I I I think uh I don't think it should be review bombed unless I the agree. port is broken or they're doing something to rip off the customer in a very non-transparent way. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they should review bomb it. I, I people are saying I waited a year to support your game on Steam on a platform I want. Like it should be cheaper because Borderlands Three is the precedent of selling it for half off. Can I afford to do that? Probably not. They're not Take Two, so mm. I, you know. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, what other game? It was uh, Control when it came to Steam it was like twenty bucks. Mm. But 
I also think this attitude of like, wait till it comes on Game Pass or wait till it goes on sale, particularly for like independent developers can be a little problematic. I don't know. Like I, I, I get it. People can only AAA spend money. Too. Yeah. I imagine. Bad for yeah. development. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it specifically with Hitman. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, if they were, if they were like Call of Duty, like, yeah, I would be annoyed. Which they do, by the way. They still ch- charge full price, but as you said, like for double A developers, I don't know, sixty dollars. I think might be fine. Yeah, I don't think that it's the full trilogy version, which might have made it more palatable. I don't know. There's still some confusion around like which edition gets what. They need sure. to like simplify that shit. They need to just sell the trilogy at this point. I think just be like, you get it all, sixty bucks. There is a good value. I remember yeah, looking I at the store that. page for this game, and there's a bunch of different think packs they're selling. Yeah, and they're kind of confusing, confusing as to what does what. So yeah, that I even understand. in the game they'll be like, do you want more escalations? Buy this bizarre DLC. I'm like, wait, what? How long do you think it'll be until they uh, turn off review bombs on Steam? Like, you can't give negative reviews. Like, you can only uh, give positive reviews. You can only give thumbs up, like with YouTube. That's not going to happen until like, Tencent buys uh, Valve. Valve. Uh, or Amazon. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, yeah, they're just down the street, right? <laughs> they're, uh, they're not publicly traded, though, so that won't happen. They're privately owned. Yeah, they're not currently. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the... the, the the news story of news stories. Um, what what happened this week, Kevin? Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Which no, is, they didn't. Which no, is, they didn't. I don't think there could have been a bigger publisher for them to buy. Maybe 2K? Uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy news. That's, uh, uh, it also includes King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and King. Which is a probably huge right. Platform. Is the biggest revenue of all three of those companies. I never right? heard of King before Tuesday. Really? Yeah. Candy Crush? Yeah. Okay, I, I heard of Candy Crush, either. but <laughs> I'd never I didn't know who they were developed by, yeah. Or published mm-hmm. or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, there's so much to unpack with this news that it's kind of hard to even know what to talk about. But uh <coughs> my first thought was as a World of Warcraft player, <laughs> will Game Pass give me WoW time? I hope so. That was the text I, I woke up to. Was yeah? Does, does, does Microsoft buying Activision mean that World I was of told Warcraft's coming Mike to Game Pass? Here told me he texted me. He said, "Activision, Microsoft is buying Activision." Uh, uh, yeah, my phone blew up that morning, and I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, disclaimer for the audience: uh, I work for Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, I, I, I'm a site reliability engineer. Uh, I work on the e-commerce side. I have nothing to do with uh, game development. I have no insight knowledge. And my comments are of my own on this podcast. So uh, just, just for full disclosure, um, I am actually pretty excited about it. Uh, mm. I think... So I've worked there for about half a year. And when I started was also coincidentally uh, when the state of California uh, announced their lawsuit against uh, Blizzard Entertainment. So I've had a lot of ups and downs as far as uh, being an employee at that company. I am fully remote. I, I, I live up here in Washington. Um, I've never been on campus and I don't know what the you know sort of campus culture was or is. 
But with that, um, I think this is a really good time for Microsoft to step in. Um, I don't want to necessarily say clean house, but there's a lot we could use from someone like them. And I think now is a good opportunity. And uh, I what was it, two months ago when Phil Spencer said, like, you know, Microsoft was going to closely evaluate their relationship with Activision Blizzard, like, with, yeah. mm-hmm. especially after, you know, the, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't say leaks of Bobby Kotick, you know, basically threatening an aide's life. Um, that was a, a dire situation. I mean, Blizzard is a PC company, right? Like they run on Windows. Uh, wow, mm-hmm. you know they they obviously have console titles, uh, but their bread and butter really is uh, desktops. Yeah, and that was kind of a scary announcement to me. Uh, I had no idea uh, he his his solution. Uh, to that conundrum was to just buy us. Uh, so it's it's fairly interesting. Yeah. Um, no. As an employee, the things that I'm you know immediately wondering, though, is when will Blizzard titles show up on Games Pass? When will we start publishing our titles to you know the Windows Store? Um, will people still use their Battle.net logins? Will people still use Battle.net to buy things? Um you know that's a that's a lot of things that are probably well in the future, um, but I'm not going to be ignorant of the fact that they may change. Mm-hmm. You know, what I would do if I was Microsoft, make the PC client of Xbox BattleNet because BattleNet has clout in the PC space. BattleNet is prestigious; it's classic; it's been around for since like what 1998, 97? I don't know. Uh, I, it's the first thing I ever used to play a video game online was Battle.net. Um, and it's already a store that's like works well. It works much better than the Microsoft store. It's an x86 client. It's not UWP. Yes, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very straightforward, easy to use. So like that's what I would do. Or at least maybe offer both. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a trippy time because Blizzard is like, it's, you're right, they're a PC company. They're one of the most influential developers of the past 20 years. Like top three easily. So it's, I'm just so like, there's so many directions that this could go. I like that Phil Spencer mentioned Hexen. He's like, wait, you know, we might own Hexen now. <laughs> they do, yeah. I, yes, I definitely I was, hope that. I was incredibly yeah, Raven, excited to read that. So to me, I love Raven's games. You know, Jedi Knight fan. I like Heretic even too. Hexen, I had trouble with the puzzles, but I still enjoyed it as a kid. I hope that Raven can make something that's not Call of Duty. I really hope that they let some of these developers work on non-COD related games mm-hmm. heretic uh, and hexen were some of the first games i played on dial-up with a friend where we would like nice. co-op the entire game That's yeah awesome. <laughs> i think actually heretic was the very first game i played and i i had dial-up and my friend had much better dial-up so he would just destroy me so i'd be like okay let's play warcraft now and then i would just destroy him and he refused to play warcraft with me uh <laughs> but so this is interesting uh there's been a lot of takes and comments um i'm gonna link an article to Jeff Grubb, who I talked about earlier from VentureBeat, pretty good insider information on kind of why this happened, if you're interested in knowing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What, uh, what, what, do you, what do you think, Oren? Well, first of all, Mike, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing all this information from your side. It's really interesting hearing it from your perspective. Uh, I'm of 
two minds about it and one is kind of like my principles as a person but also like the reality of how the world actually is um in principle my brain kind of hears like corporate corporate consolidation like mega capitalism microsoft monopolizing the market and i think all those things are true um Mm. but also there's there's the reality of Activision and Blizzard, you know, there's been so much controversy and like that workplace hasn't been safe for a lot of people for a long time. And maybe Microsoft is kind of saving them in a way. And I I don't want to paint them that way necessarily, but maybe they'll have a safer place to work, um, a more stable workplace where people can feel welcome. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then like there's the third thing where... um, like there are certain properties that Activision has that I think would work great on Game Pass. So, so I, I'm I think it's a very I think it's normal to look at this situation and be like, this is I don't know how I feel about this because it really is complicated. Uh, that's how I feel as an outsider. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll reference again the, the Jeff Grubb article. He talks a lot about how working at uh, Activision for people who are in the development space that are making the games. Was, was a super competitive environment. Everybody was kind of trying to have to like, you had to constantly show year over year growth. There's a reason that they only make really one game from Activision is uh, Call of Duty or one, you know, one IP is because they're just, they're only going for like big mega hits and like anything that's not a mega hit is like going to get you in potentially trouble. Um, so hopefully this will bring out like an ability for people to sort of expand their creative horizons. Uh, yeah. Does seem like Microsoft allows that. At least that's kind of what we've been seeing so far. A lot of their kind of varied games. So I really, I really hope they bring out some of the old. I mean, they can even like make a new Pitfall game. Like there's so much with Activision that they own. That the 2009 Wolfenstein. So Wolfenstein, that game will now be once again owned by. <laughs> Why does Activision or, own that game? They published it. Weird. Huh. I mean, yeah, what if we Activision- got another Soldier of Fortune? Right, like oh, yeah. that would be awesome. Hitbox. Actually, <laughs> those games are yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I feel what you're feeling, Oren, with the, the corporate consolidation. Uh, Agreed. The, like the talk about it being a monopoly, it's like it's not really quite there yet because there's just so many other video game sources. But it is like a mega corp that controls now 32 different developers, and and a significant portion of of like AAA IP under one banner. And I don't know, Microsoft 10 years ago sucked. At least if you were a PC gamer. They did. Uh, kind of if you were a console gamer too, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. So who knows? You know, Daddy Phil may not live forever. Uh, he might retire soon and anything could happen. And that could mean that, you know, a lot of these series go potentially in a bad direction. We can't predict the future. But um, I don't know. For now, it's like Activision was in such a strange place where it was every company there seemed to be creatively suffering. And they were constantly just popping out, you know, Call of Duty doing the Warzone thing, and then like Blizzard was having Sekiro, like everything being made by Blizzard was was being delayed because of I guess creative sort of leaving the company in mass a lot. So hopefully that all stops. Yeah, Sekiro was is, cool, I guess. Se- is Sekiro going to come to Game Pass? I think it oh. would. Huh. <laughs> but I think it's an Activision from game. On, yeah, I don't know how that works. I think it's only published by Activision in the U.S. Oh really? Or, or I don't. No, I think I they know. published it globally. I don't know. Yeah, it's if, hard to say when Activision was essentially the publisher, not the developer. 
Yeah, I think I'm, they still I'm own the IP that at that point. Too. Oh, you oh. know what? FromSoft published it in Japan. So it's just the yeah. US. Yeah, that makes sense. I also do want to call out that uh, some terrible things have been happening with Raven um, mm, as far as yeah. like firings and um, I think like all of QA is still on a strike or something like that. And mm. so there, there are a lot of talks right now uh, with unionization uh, amongst mm-hmm. uh, Blizzard and Raven. And I think a lot of people are really holding their breath to see what Microsoft's leadership will do because as it is right now, uh, Activision has not been cooperative. Uh, they haven't really worked with anyone. So I'm hoping that that will also benefit uh, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, as someone who, uh, whenever I hear talks of unionization, I think that's just like so important, right? Especially in the games industry where crunch culture is so prevalent and, you know, a lot of people on the front lines just don't really get paid time off like they'll be crunching for months at a time and then their reward is like a two-week vacation or they don't have severance packages so i think like how phil spencer and microsoft responds to that i I totally agree mike that would if they if they respond to it in a way that's anti-worker then i'll be like okay i'm not so sure about microsoft anymore but if they're receptive to it um then i'll be like you know credit where credit's due yeah, and I do agree. Uh, large corporate consolidation is scary for a consumer. Like, right? We all seem to like Microsoft and the game division as consumers right now. It's it's very beneficial to us. But you're right. Not too long ago, Microsoft was was a very hostile uh, company. Uh, the Balmer era, his he was very anti open source, and I'm saying that as a person who's made their entire career on open source software. Like that's that's what I work with. I work with Linux. I work with BSD. Um, Microsoft was antithetical to all of that and it wasn't only until maybe what uh, six years ago when uh, Balmer stepped down and and now we have Phil Spencer who has been a Microsoft person I think is almost his entire career but he's also very pro gamer like Xbox has had their slew of uh, CEOs and leadership and they weren't necessarily on our side, let's say, uh, because th- 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 there was a time where there were Xbox exclusive titles that did not make it over to Windows. And as a primary PC gamer, uh, that was infuriating. Like, I-, I-, I did not understand that. So we're in a good position now. Hopefully it remains that way. But leadership can change, you know, and it, it can really devastate an entire generation. Yeah. yeah sure. Like, I wonder what this what the impact of this will be in like 15 years. Like, what will the games that be making? What will it be like? I'm sure Phil Spencer will have been retired by that point. Will Satya Nadella still be in charge? I don't know. You know? Like, I think of, like, Don Matrick in, like, you know, Xbox One. You can't, uh, you, you <laughs> you can't trade games. Uh, you have to use Connect all the time. Like, you know, you get a pay-to-play online. All the just, like, there was just so many restrictions put on it. It's just such a different era now. Not, not that much later than that. That was the beginning of the Xbox One. That was just last gen. Yeah, yeah, that so. was not even ten years ago. And think back to playing, you know, Dark Souls on games for or what was it called? Windows, game for Windows Live. Game for Windows Live. That was yeah. horrific. It was horrific. Holy if shit! It, if it didn't exist, though, I would not have met a very close friend. It's true. If it That's wasn't true. for games for Windows Live. So. Uh, also, in the fallout of this, Sony lost twenty billion dollars of market value. You guys see this? 
just just yeah. from the, the purchase in the reaction it was also like one of the worst weeks for the stock market in like two years so right. i'm sure that contributed a bit but that's crazy mm. uh so, a so for them it it is a bummer for them uh it's worth noting that as a games division, uh, Sony is a bigger has, has a bigger market share than even Microsoft after the Activision purchase. Wow, they're the number one uh, games company by valuation, or whatever, and and then it's Tencent, and then it's Microsoft with after the Activision purchase. But uh, here, what I'm worried about is that this starts like a a corporate consolidation arms war, right? Like yeah. to some extent, I feel like okay, Microsoft, you get away with this one, but if you buy another big company, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Uh, but what happens if Sony buys, you know, Bandai Namco or Capcom or Square? Mm-hmm. I don't know why they'd buy Square because Square basically is is a for-free Sony company. They just put all their shit there anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? I don't see it happening. I'm not sure if, if, I mean, I don't know. I don't know Square. I'm not sure if that's like Square strategy. I'm not sure if that's something that like, or excuse me, Sony strategy. I don't know if something that they can afford to just throw out, you know, $84 billion for acquisitions and stuff. It's hard to say. I mean, obviously, it, none of those Japanese companies are as big as uh, Activision in terms of their um, value. But I don't I don't see it happening. I hope Microsoft doesn't buy anything else, personally. Because I, I, I like Capcom and Bandai Co. being their own entities. I think that leads to, you know, just the stuff that we get from them that's really awesome. If someone bought Konami, even... Sony, I'd be okay with that just to free up some of those goddamn IPs that they're just putting yeah, on like NFTs and shit. Like just just Konami, but anyone else, I think uh no. <laughs> I don't know though. I feel like the Activision purchase might have started it though. I feel like that's the precedent. Yeah, I no, here's the one thing. That's... I don't think it was a move towards Sony. I think it was a move towards big brand Game Pass like Future. For I don't think pass. at all it was at right. all a slight against Sony in the slightest. I don't think that they're going to try. Like they've already said that they spoke with Sony mm-hmm. leadership, and they're not going to put their games on. But that was so ambiguously worded. Like, yeah, did I you agree. Read that tweet or whatever. Read the exact quote because it's it's not clear that he's saying so that they're. If they to put stop Call putting COD on PS5, two things. One, it will be such a massive like betrayal to tons of gamers who purchase PS5s to play mm-hmm. COD. That would be so lame. And two, it's such a huge market. Why would you cut out a market just to sell more hardware, which is not Microsoft's game plan? They're not so about selling hardware. Let's talk about Microsoft's game plan, because I think that the game plan is Game Pass on PS5. Game Pass, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which would actually would be, be great. would be a hell of a game plan. It'd be smart. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that, Oren? Uh, I mean... Uh, I gotta say, the Game Pass strategy is—it's uh, absolutely wild how well it's been turning out, and it's not outside the realm of possibility at this point, to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, and 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 Sony has been struggling to have something even comparable to Game Pass. Yeah. Right. Now with Activision, I don't even see how they could even compete. I mean, Microsoft's competing on two platforms, and they have basically one of the biggest pc developers of all time blizzard so it's like i just don't know it would be like if sony could buy valve <laughs> and that's not that, not that would ever happen but like that would be the only developer you could get at the scale of influence and size of of blizzard mm, on the pc space yeah I, so it's worth noting that sony's games sell like really really well on their consoles at full price we talked about that uh days gone developer talking about eight million 
And I got a little more context on that. Apparently that game sold 8 million, but at a discounted price, whereas Days of Tsushima sold 8 million copies at a full sticker, you know, 60 to $70 price tag. And like God of War sold 20 million copies on PS4. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> they, they, they make their money somehow, but uh, yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know I what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like uh, the Sony leadership, I guess they just never envisioned that gamers would want games as service. Like they would think like it would always be the $70 premium price. But now that it's working out, uh, I don't know what Sony's going to do. I really don't. They could keep doing what they're doing, and they'll probably be like a decent enough competitor. But like Microsoft's just going to win in the third party space. Mm. Hmm. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is this might accelerate Sony's uh, PlayStation PC LLC because uh, that's another huge sure. market they can tap into. And God of War has sold and done very well, as I predicted it would. And I'm glad it's doing well because, uh, despite the fact that I, I, it wasn't my favorite game, I want it to sell well, like I said, and do well to bring more more of their their great Sony games to Steam. So, <laughs> look if if Microsoft can trade Call of Duty, uh, like continuing its existence uh, on the PlayStation platform, and in trade we get Bloodborne, that's that's yes. totally worth it. That that seventy billion uh, uh, price tag uh, was totally worth it to me. Justified. <laughs> Justified. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with. I don't. Two of my favorite games of all time. They're like in my top five are Bloodborne and Silent Hill 2. And I can't mm. seem to find proper versions of those games anywhere. What oh, is wait, going read. on? I got a proper version of Silent Hill 2 that a, yeah. a certain friend of us, a friend of ours from uh, South Chicago. Zach. Yeah. yeah he, he got, I got that. I got the you. Emulation? I got you there, buddy. The <laughs> PSX2? What? Is the, the PS2 emulation? It's the version? PC version that's like modded to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So that it has all the features of the PS2 version. I don't know. Mike, Maybe I should you play do that? that tonight. Yeah. Uh, I do have that, and there's about like 20 separate downloads, uh, oh, really? alongside of the, like the actual three disc install that you have to do. It's um, <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. However, it's like the 90s, man. It, it, all the it, floppy discs. It is. Uh, that is actually one thing that, like, to me, exemplifies. Uh, PC as a platform, like mm-hmm. um, twenty downloads um, for one game. <laughs> well, the fact that you can run anything and you yes. can mod it, and there's an entire community behind it. Um, like like ModsDB is an incredible site. I've played Dark Souls three with a totally new convergence mod that, like, almost redefined the entire game to me. And we talk a lot about you know uh, Xbox and PlayStation and you know console gaming and they're they're very accessible they have a ton of benefits um but as like a tinker and a hacker man i i really enjoy uh my desktop and i Mm -hmm. i really really like being able to do you know um taking a really old and abandoned game like silent hill 2 and making it functional uh fixing the fog and the draw distance and like everything (laughs) that was pretty much broken on the comic sans of of the HD, is, didn't they have like Comic Sans for some of the uh, like signs? It was terrible. It was awful. Mm. How could yeah, I? it's true. And I also like I love the idea of when the mod got a war to just remove Atreus 
from the game <laughs> and and um, uh, and just make it great. so it's there's no cutscenes. You don't have to ever walk slow. You could just charge through and just have nonstop combat. They haven't made that. Put gore long in the yet. game, man. Wait, like, all, imagine that. Imagine that. If you could actually like rip people apart and there's like blood that wasn't just orange goo, like that would be. If it was like the old God of Wars. I don't know. <laughs> just just re- just replace the plot from boy i need to train yeah. you boy to i need to kill norse gods exactly <laughs> bring back the old voice actor you know all the zeus all the, <laughs> the, the yelling i love it well so far you can remove his beard uh that's as yeah. far as moderates have gone right now i've seen Turn him into a giant eyeball too so i saw the, that the, um so santa monica said that they said that the, the tooling and and the engine and everything for that game is very specific and particular so they said that they're already impressed to see what people have started to do with it but it's going to be very tricky to do anything with it because it's how specific it is which i can believe yeah because of that one camera thing that they're which, which honestly, they say that this is a one take game. It is only a one take game if you beat it in your first attempt, <laughs> right? <laughs> Otherwise, you die. Yeah. There's a cut. If you save and you come back what later, there's bullshit? a cut. It's not a one take game. Don't call it a one take game. But yeah, like they're they're very uh, curated camera angles created some I just, issues. I just really love how like when you watch certain movies, like you'll see like a character say something and it's shot reverse shot. You know, in God of War, it's like you see one character say something and then the camera's like, ooh, <laughs> and then the other person talks and then it's like, ooh, <laughs> and the other person talks. It's really engaging, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, God of War is quickly going to get moved to our uh, canceled list of topics we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to talk about in Microsoft Activision? Uh See, there was like a, a big list of like all their properties that they had. So yeah, just just looking at the developers here, if you had to name your favorite five. Oh, from that say? thing I posted in Discord. That, that list, yeah, because I'm like oh. this. There is so many good developers in this list. Yeah. That... I'm gonna take a look right now. Yeah, you could just you could just fudge through it. You don't have to like uh, you know give the get a, a super calculated. It's, it's bonkers. So I mean, like in two or three years. If here's the thing, here's the real test, right? Microsoft has not really been that good at getting a bunch of games out for whatever reason. Uh, and if in two or three years there is not just like an insane number of games hitting, like all the time, it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I think they now need to they have... figure out how to clone Rod Ferguson. Yeah. I mean, thankfully he's a Blizzard right now. So. Dude, that's Yay. so funny. He's back at Microsoft again, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Dude, maybe he can go work on the next Gears game. Maybe he'll help them again. I didn't even think, like, oh, my God, Rob Ferguson's back in Microsoft again. <laughs> He's working on Diablo 4, though. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. I didn't even – you're right. I remember watching him and a bunch of the guys – it's just funny because we're talking about E3. Uh, watching him and Cliff Bizinski and a bunch of other developers work on the original Gears of War – getting the build ready for the E3 showing where they could, people could play it in the booths. And he, uh, Cliff Bozinski was trying to like program the chainsaw and like he could just not get it to work. Like no one could get it to work. And uh, they were all cramming. They had like seven days until the thing. And like he's like, the chainsaw has to work. If the chainsaw's not in this game, it will not be. And like the, apparently Microsoft EPs were like, I don't know if we can have a chainsaw. It's a little violent. Like it's a little overly excessively violent. And he was like, no, this has to be in the game. This is Gears of War. <laughs> so they apparently they managed to make it work, but they, I guess like they were crunching. They crunched, uh, I think, seven days a week to get that build up and running for E3. So 
Wow. <laughs> it does seem to fit. But it's just funny because Rod Ferguson was like way back then for first Gears game working on it. Excited to see that. That's, that's, I still so remember cool. that gameplay demo at E3. That was so just outrageous. The chainsaw. Oh my god. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like on this list, like my favorite developers are in probably in no particular order, probably Raven, uh, the Coalition, of course, Machine Game is probably my favorite, and ID, Blizzard. Hmm. It's five. And Bethesda's uh, in there. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I I would probably say like Arcane, uh, yeah. Obsidian Entertainment. Yeah. I mean, Obsidian has made, uh, I like at least two of my all-time favorite games, which would be uh, Planescape Torment and uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Hands down. Oh, and great game. Fallout New Vegas was also uh, a blast. So, And their their latest title, uh, The Outer Worlds, which I always uh, flip It's that game where you fly around, around to planets Worlds. and uncover mysteries? Really, the really bad title change. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> it's... it's uh, it's a hard sell when it's named after a very uh, well. It's not named after, but it, it shares an incredibly similar name uh, to another very popular game. Yeah, but yeah, Weird. ID Software, uh, Machine yeah. Games, like it. those are those are all amazing. And uh, Ninja Theory, uh, I I I really liked um, uh, Senua's Sacrifice. That was that was an incredible uh, story and uh, gameplay that went with that entire narrative. So there's a lot of good studios here. Wait, like, let I, me ask I you a question related time. to that last point. I put our game Did, did the gameplay trailer? Did you watch the gameplay trailer for the new game? The no. new Senua Sacrifice? Oh. I don't want to okay. see it. I, I, I kind of want to be uh, blind to it all. All right. Never mind then. I was going to ask if it looked like gameplay to you because it didn't look like gameplay to us, but it's hard to say. It's a very nice looking cinematic trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in I really. I gotta say though, guys, the first Hellblade is so good. The first Hellblade is, is a better <laughs> Norse game, in my opinion, than God of War. I really I haven't like played it. it. The one thing I heard, it, I heard it does some. Um, what's that GameCube game by Silicon Knights where you uh, delete your save? Uh, total darkness, infinite no. darkness, something darkness. Oh, yeah. eternal darkness. Oh, Thank eternal you. darkness. Yeah. So infinite I've heard darkness, that Senua's Sacrifice does some things similar to Eternal Darkness in it. So the game. Uh, tells you that okay i i don't think it actually does it it doesn't I actually do it i think you have to die a lot like you have to be bad at video games i think it are, still Kevin. doesn't do it even then it just it just yeah. it it fools you into thinking mm-hmm. like 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 uh, eternal darkness does it fools you into hmm. thinking your save was deleted which is such a Spoiler funny alert. thing to yeah. do in a scary game yeah come on it's like this game's like so old now what are you gonna <laughs> spoil psycho man now like, you gotta plug it. your controller into the second input What's uh yeah exactly what's what's the thing a horror game can do to you that's the most scary is delete your save file you know <laughs> that's actually the only scary thing I think a video game can do. <laughs> I'd your, have to, that's horrific, right? I don't know. I feel like uh, PT is just the apex of terrifying shit in video games. I think games. I don't can know be what. Very scary, yeah. I don't know what it is about that one in particular. I guess like the feeling that something horrible could happen, like at any any moment, even when it feels totally mundane. Like, that game captured it really well. I'm so sad because I had that installed on my PS4 for a very small period of time, and then I deleted it for some reason, and then I just didn't know you couldn't download it again. Yeah. Uh, I did Damn. the same thing. So. I sold your that I sold that PS4, and I could have done, like, a, like a you know, recovery 
yeah, software on it or something. It would have been long gone <laughs> for me uninstalling and reinstalling all of the uh, Until Dawn content, which is like 200 gigs for some reason. Yeah, all of yeah. those bits are gone. They're all yeah. Uh, yeah. Over- overwritten. Uh, I did uh, not play PT, but Layers of Fear is uh, sort of like uh, if somebody took the concept of PT and and ran with it. So that's uh, it's, is that it's Bloober? It, it it might be. It yeah. is, I think. Yeah, it's Bloober. Okay. To me, Bloober makes uh, sufficient uh, horror games where you just press W, and and that's it and okay. they scare you a little bit they've got some yeah. uh, some great visuals and audio but that's it and there's always one sneak um, segment where you have to like hide from something mm. yeah uh, The Medium was uh, my second least favorite game of last year uh, because it was it looked like a Silent Hill game it felt like a Silent Hill game but then you actually like play it and you're like oh the game plays boring the puzzles are boring it's like they don't have any of the things that make silent hill actually good so hopefully one day they are able to bring it to the next level i don't know we'll see but i haven't played layers of fear i've heard that's probably their best one right Hmm. uh the blair witch game was was actually uh kind of fun oh for sure I should try that one, the Blair Witch game. Wasn't it on Game Pass? I'll have to look. All right. Uh, I guess we're done with Microsoft and Activision. Any last words on that before we move on to games? Put Bloodborne and Demon Souls on Steam, please. Thank you. That's all. I don't, I don't think that they... <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Come that's on, Sony. related. But <laughs> it relates. You guys need the Steam market now more. Uh, Come on, get competitive. Okay. So, oh, let's talk oh. about the... Oh, oh, oh. But what if they brought Ghost of Tsushima on uh, Steam? I'll take oh, that too. Please nice. do. Good Wait, they haven't segue. done that yet? I thought they did that. I no. Guess. no, they haven't done it yet. Uh, I've played some Ghost of... Oren played Ghost of Tsushima. And on the first podcast, he was like, this game is amazing. He oh loved God, it. I fucking love this game. And mm-hmm. the next one, you're like, eh. Uh, and then he hated like, it. There was a crash. <laughs> I don't know if I hated it. It was just that it's too long. Mm. It's too long, but like, imagine like a, a chart really that good. goes up and then it just goes straight down into the abyss. L- like, look at it this like way: a- you have like this <laughs> giant open world, and you're doing all these activities for like ten, fifteen hours, finding armor, and you're like, "This is awesome!" And then you go to World Two, and it has the exact same gameplay, and you're like, yeah. "Okay, this is kind of the same." And then you do that for fifteen more hours, and then you go to World Three. And it's exactly the same gameplay activities. And you're like, oh, they really just didn't change anything, did they? Oh, it's a Ubisoft game. (laughs) So it is totally an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, Okay. Or I never play Assassin's Creed. You won't like it. I'm not going to lie. I had a similar arc to Oren, except I didn't, I don't feel like I still feel pretty good about it, but I was like really, really liking it. And then I'm like, no, I'm just still liking it. So it was less severe. I'm still having a great time, but I'm like, the repetitiveness is getting to me a little bit. It might be just that I've played too many open world games recently. Um, That's my problem. But it's really good. Like when it comes to PC, you definitely want to play it. It is basically Assassin's Creed Japan. Uh, The graphics are really gorgeous. The combat is really good, especially now Mm -hmm. they, you can play it with the director's cut with the, with the dark souls like control. So you can move the camera, which you couldn't do before because it had used the face or you couldn't easily do before. 
Um, you feel kind of like, you know, like a Ronin. I got my guy dressed up with, as like a Ronin with a big straw hat and I walk around and help people. Yeah, me too. Some, that, was the, that, that was the outfit I chose. It's yeah. great. What did you think of it, Mike? Um, I did like it. And I, I, I actually picked this up after uh, both of Oren's episodes where he was like, this is the best game ever. And then, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like abandoning a car on the freeway or something. It was like, ah, fuck this thing. Um, so I had a certain expectation set. Um, I do really like the combat and I haven't actually played the director's cut where you can use, you know, sort of like the dark souls controls. However, I, I really started to enjoy how they did combat. Like, uh, at first, I was frustrated that there was no lock-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after I got used to it, I appreciated it more and more. And I, I, I really like sort of toggling through the different fight styles. Um, so when you're, you're basically getting swarmed by like three or four different types of enemies, and there's sort of like the optimal you know, fighting style for each one, switching between those, like I found that very satisfying. Um, I sure. do feel like there is, there's, there's almost zero incentive after a certain point to like pick up collectibles or like materials like after you upgrade your weapons and you know kit out your outfits there once you find uh one that sort of suits you it 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 plays well throughout the entire game and you don't really need to you know find you know resources like metal or cloth or anything like that um i think they could have done something a little bit more with that but uh that that's almost every open world game that i've played um yeah yeah, so uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I liked, you know, the story. Um, I really liked how well, basically, an American game development company made a Japanese game. Uh, I, you know, I'm not an expert. Uh, however, I felt it was it was very honest and it was very uh, authentic. Uh, my one problem, though, is I have a hard time following dialogue when you're moving in a game so there's there's a lot of moments where there's some exposition going on but you're Mm -hmm. riding a horse and you're like you know following a path my brain can't you know do the chameleon eyes uh where i'm reading the subtitles at the same time of moving my character and there's actually a lot of moments that i i I have no idea what the story was that's happened to me too uh also like i'm reading the subtitles which are all the way at the bottom of the screen and i have a, a pretty big tv and like People were saying that there was bad lip syncing on the original version. And I'm like, how there did is, anybody yeah. even notice their lips? I'm like, it's like their lips are so far away from the text. I can't even like I never see a character <laughs> acting because I'm like reading the whole time. But uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty good game. Like the combat, I think, is better. I think the combat's better than the new Assassin's Creed games combat. Hmm. Um, and I think it's I actually really like how it works without a lock on, even though they added a lock on in the director's cut. It fucks things up in the field of use so, garbage and question on that because yeah. there's no lock on do your attack animations move you somewhat forward or do you use your character stay more put and you have to just kind of like, like is it in a game where you attack and you can't move when you attack or can you move an attack or is it like the commit to attack and soul style or is it like assassin's creed where you can you can attack and roll immediately after attacking like how does the flow of the combat work in it your attack animations do move you forward. They do. Okay. Uh, there is some amount of cancellation, but it's been a few months since I played it, so I 
I don't I don't really recall some of the specifics. It's not as extreme as Dark Souls. Um, so you clearly there's there has to be some animation canceling. I haven't really even thought that much about that, but um, it's a little more freestyle. Like it, it, it's often what you want to do, or at least what I end up doing, is kind of backing them up and having them come to me and then attacking them. But it, like it looks, it looks like Toshiro Mifune and like Yojimbo just like knocking like it looks like a samurai movie it feels really really good it has a deflection thing kind of like dark souls but a little a little less uh a little less but still really a rewarding feeling i guess I, it's kind of also like the old assassin's creed games um but yeah combat well, just feels real good isn't the makiri counter in ghost of tsushima too it's been a moment but you know when i'm talking about the makiri counter where you step on a, a spear if it is yeah, I don't they have like because I remember, like, there's, like, a certain attack that, like, you know, you have to press a different button to deflect, and it's when someone thrusts you. Hmm. And I don't think it's, like, the Mikiri counter where you step on it, but, like, it's, like, the same design. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's almost the same timing as it. But, yeah, it's not, like, the specific animation of, you know, stepping right. on a, on a so spear or a sword or something like that. So, if you like think that. of, um, like, uh, Batman or Assassin's Creed, the older ones, like, the camera kind of zooms out a little bit as you fight enemies, and then you kind of press in a direction... Like, it's not that your character, like, in Souls, like, I guess your Souls that does this, too. But basically, you, you can move the stick in a direction and attack an enemy who's, like, below you. You press down and press attack to hit him, right? Is it like that? And he kind of, like, lunges towards the enemy, like, like in Batman? Or is it more over, like, Souls, where it's, like, over the shoulder behind you? Not over the shoulder, but behind you. Like, how's the camera You get a slightly work? more cinematic camera. The camera starts doing some stuff that, that usually actually works fairly well. I don't know how they're doing it, but it usually works fairly well. You usually end up attacking the enemy that you intended to attack in the way that you intended to hit them. Every once in a while, I will swing at somebody and just completely swing the wrong way. And I'll be like, what the fuck? But pretty rarely. But like, it, it does happen. But for the most part, it just works. It's very strange that it does because there's no lock on. And, and it seems to just know, be able to predict who you want to attack. So is it more like a character action game then in, in its control scheme during combat? Because they don't usually have lock on like God of War, Bayonetta. They do like Bayonetta actually has lock on, but it's not really required. She moves forward, and she attacks. She has like large swings. She and, it like, is she kind of. I would say it is very subtle, and I think they put an incredible amount of work into making it as seamless as it is. Because it's it's almost magical how it knows which target you're intending to attack, and that's why I think they. They are doing something very, very specific um, that is so good, we're, we're unaware of it. Oh, cool. Right. That sounds nice. The only reason I ask is because uh, my friend and I are working on Unreal Engine, and we, and we were, like, doing animations like that we had that we had, that we had been using, and we just noticed that, like, if the character moved forward when they attacked versus standing still, it really changed how you play. Like, fundamentally changes how an attack works. So yeah. I just was curious if... if and just thinking about this, like, in games, too. I think there's both. I mean, I think there's some attacks where you can kind of stand your ground, but for the most part, I want to say you're kind of... You're, you're advancing with an attack. Uh, right. But also, like... like soft games, you're always attacking where you stand. You attack where you're standing. You may move forward a little bit, but you're not really. Well, yeah, you don't move forward. It's kind of similar to FromSoft to an extent. Um, okay. And, like, a big part of it is, like doing these parries right it's doing a parry and then moving in whack 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 like so, okay. so, so the parry is like a big part of it yeah but i feel like batman the parry was just like a magic eye win button you could just go ding 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 yeah, ding ding all day long like you could not do yeah. that in this game this game you have to be getting a good parry off hmm. 
Okay. Have you played any cool. of the uh, of the uh, Ronin side quests yet? The Ronin side quests with they're the, the straw hats. They're the, they're the duels. Oh, I haven't yeah. done that yet. That 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 was those were some of my favorite. I it, like that's what I'm saying. Like Ghost of Tsushima, like one of it's one it's one of those games where the side quests I thought were even better than the actual story because they just have some amazing duels that you can just find through those side mm. quests. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very memorable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm really liking the game. Like the one thing that like, like it's very pretty and this is weird because this is a complaint. I think people said that this game didn't have this problem, but it's definitely having the issue where you start to see you're like that hill looks just like 20 other hills I saw or like this field, every flower in this field. And it's a gorgeous field. The first time you get there, that's just the flowers are just waving in the wind, but every flower in the field is identical. And then you'll find another field like five kilometers north. that looks exactly the same. And it's like, mm. uh... and I know that these games do that kind of stuff. Like, you just, like they reuse assets. They have to, but like something about this game, like there's just this one particular type of rock hill. You guys know what I mean? Where it's like the sort of triangular rock hill that just I keep seeing the same kind of rock hill over and over again, and I'm like, I think I've seen this too many times. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it was a little more uh, crafted than other open world games in the sense that. Like in Assassin's Creed or something like that, you can you can just walk up any hill. You can climb anything in in, in any direction. Uh, however, in Ghost of Tsushima, you have to. There's specific, you know, points. You know, like rocks with white paint on them. Coincidentally, um, mm. and so a lot of the uh, landscape actually felt a little more uh, better crafted than what I felt in in like Assassin's Creed, especially. Um, it's like Assassin's Creed Origin, where mm. the entire landscape just felt generated, and I could run through any village, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I remember finding a spot in Origin or an Odyssey where the uh, grass, like floor geometry, was like this giant flat. Like it went like down, like a steel wall would go down, but it was like grass, and it was like, oh, they fucked this up. Like you look at it, it was like clearly like total screw up. It might have been like. <laughs> the two teams working on each part of the map, like merged them, and they just like didn't get that one little spot right. It was pretty funny. That was the edge of one person's responsibility in the beginning of someone yeah. else's, and they thought, yeah. "Well, I'm not fixing it." <laughs> That's what <laughs> it looked like to me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I am liking Ghost of Tsushima. Some of the story missions can be more scripted than I'd prefer, but they're generally much better than the kind of like Red Dead Redemption Two stuff. Like, like there's a lot of scripted uh, story missions where you have to kind of do very specific things, but the combat is usually so good that I don't care. Like I, I'm always down to have a fight in that game. I, I really love how in Red Dead Redemption 2, every single mission is like, oh, do you want to go buy groceries? Yeah, let's buy groceries. Ah, bandits! Kill people <laughs> for 30... For, kill 30 people. Okay, let's yeah. get groceries. Phew, thanks for saving me, Arthur. Yeah, it's like repeat, it's always repeat, shoot repeat, like repeat. fifty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. like hordes of goons, like comical numbers of them. Yeah, although I've killed a lot of Mongols at this point. Um, I did recognize uh, a, a Mongolian phrase, which means something like "What's how's it going?" It's uh, uh, now I can't even remember the phrase, but I, I remember. I, I don't know. I noticed one Mongolian phrase because I spent uh, I spent almost a month in Mongolia five years ago. So that's is I there friendly Mongols in the bit. game? I didn't know that. 
Uh, I don't know if there is friendly. I haven't encountered them. There probably is. I'm sure there's all, a story They're all beat. invader hostile enemies. I feel like yeah. I, am tra- I, I am traumatized by the archers saying something like Tarsha. Or, uh, oh, like, yeah. When you hear that, it's just panic roll. Dude, Mary, Mary's <laughs> like, what the hell is that? My, my girlfriend's like, what is that noise? Because they always yell before they shoot, Kevin. Every uh-huh. time they're about to shoot an arrow, they go, oh. And then like, you're like, all right, got to move. Um, mm. But like, yeah. So it's like just piping out of my surround sound speakers into the apartment. <laughs> There's a certain point in the game where they also have poison arrows and it is mm. even worse. Hmm. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I'm still playing it. Like I like never finish open world games. So at some point I'm probably just going to stop playing it and have, will have had my fill, but I am enjoying it and the combat is really good. And I think when it comes to PC, people are going to be very happy with it. Uh, cool. what else we got? Metal Gear Solid two. Is that a new game? What's that? It's not a new game, but it's what I've been playing a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the stealth mechanics of that game. When I was playing a lot of more modern stealth games, I was kind of thinking, like, maybe I don't like stealth games that much. But I do like stealth games, because I really like Metal Gear Solid 2. I like Metal Gear Solid. Maybe I just like Metal Gear Solid. I don't what know. What do you like about I, the stealth? Like, um, So I like that this. the stealth is very um, about where you're standing and where where you, like, movement. Like, it's all about kind of quickly moving into a place where you're not, you're out of line of sight of an enemy, right? And Metal Gear yeah. Solid games are always infiltration games, so you're always in a hostile space. And they're usually, they don't give you, at least the old one, like two, usually you don't have enough weapons or ammo to like defeat the enemies if they spot you. So you have to quickly run away and hide. If they do, you can defeat them a little bit, but not, not, not a lot. So there's a lot of like um, systems in place when you hide, especially in Metal Gear Solid 2. Like if you go and hide in the, um, like here's an example. I got, sh- I got into combat with an enemy. I like, tried fighting them. They started kicking my ass. So I went to go run and hide in um, a locker. And the guards followed me to the room, and they were like, where is he? And then they, like, saw the blood on the floor, and they, like, followed the blood stain to the locker I was in, and they opened it and got me. Like, those kind of systems I don't see in a lot of other stealth games today. Now, I don't know what, why, but, like, there's this certain detail with, the, um, with, the, with that game in particular that I really find to be fun. And it's all, I, I've been playing the VR missions, too. So there's another thing I want to mention about it. So I was playing the VR missions as well. And um, they're the... The, the uh, sneaky missions are all about if the enemy see you, it's over. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just if the fail state is you get spotted, that's the end of the mission. And, um, they're, but they're all kind of quick, fast paced, and I've really been enjoying them. It's weird. I wouldn't have thought that I like, would be playing VR missions in 2022 now, <laughs> I guess, but uh, they're still really fun. And I seem to enjoy them a lot more than the stealth in, say, Dishonored, which is like, I appreciate it, but like, I don't really like it that much. What do you think the difference is? I'm not sure. I think one is um, Metal Gear Solid 2 in particular is a top-down game for most of its life. Um, so you kind of can see where the enemies are and where you should be moving or like what should be happening. And you kind of have a lot of different mechanics that you can do to do that. Whereas Dishonored is much more about, I think, planning out um, a thing. Like You kind of have limited information, so you have to kind of plan out what you should do or use your gadgets, like your teleport or like your you know, different, different like, gadget abilities. But also stalking, like, right? Like, Dishonored is like the game I think of that's like a stalking simulator where you're like stalking people, following their every move, and then waiting for that moment to get past them. Yeah. I, I find um, I, when, when I'm spending too much time, I think, doing that stuff, the stalking and like the very slow movement is when I get kind of bored. Like, my, my attention starts to kind of wane. And it's not like 
I think it's bad. I just think that's not what I enjoy in stealth. I kind of like how Metal Gear is a little more fast paced and you have to quickly move around the environment. Um, but you don't have to. You also can sneak around and you can use the box or other things. But I don't know. I just I was just was thinking because like there's a lot of modern stealth games that are around and I like don't really have any drive to play them. And I was like, why is that? Why don't I? Because I do like stealth games. But I don't know. I'm trying to like, I guess, figure out the stealth genre more and understand the mechanics more in depth so I can like lay this down more with more accurate information. But I have been really enjoying playing in Metal Gear Solid 2 again. And there also was one other thing that was funny is uh, Snake was talking to Raiden in the game, and he was like, he's like, have you been into a combat mission before? And he's like, no, but I've done VR. And he's like, oh, VR trained soldiers. <laughs> he's like the soldier of the 21st century. <laughs> I was like, That's so funny. <laughs> he said that people playing VR to, like, train to fight as soldiers. Yeah, I don't know. I could see it happening, potentially. Yeah. Wasn't that what also, what the, uh, in the original Metal Gear Solid, that yeah. entire army had been VR trained? Yeah. Yeah. It seems feasible. I feel like that could potentially happen at some point. I don't know. Yeah, so if you've got like 1,500 hours of uh, Counter-Strike, you'll probably be ready to join the SWAT team, right? <laughs> but I could see the military using VR to train people for specific exercises. Isn't like, that what America's Army was for? Yeah. Like, yeah, but I could of? see VR being even <laughs> more like utilized for that because it's much yeah. more... Because like, playing a game with a controller or a WASD is one thing, but using like your actual hands and arms is... You know, yeah, that's, you're probably right. I, I think that is coming. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike, what, what do you plan? Uh, let's see. Last week, I finished up uh, Call of the Sea. I pretty much oh. uh, ran Love through that, that over over the weekend. Yeah, I was, I was really enjoying myself, um, but I think towards the end, I decided it wasn't really for me, which is kind of a, a funny point to reach in a game. Um, it felt like like a very PG like Hollywood golden era kind of movie uh, where like how the actors just talked um, I was expecting a little more like uh, darker Lovecraftian elements because it, it, it definitely starts to hint at things uh, like with insanity um, but towards the end and I even did you know uh, both endings just with the simple like save scrub uh, and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was very lighthearted. It's, it's more or less a love story. Um, I'm a sucker for puzzles. Like, like I, you know, I grew up playing uh, Sierra Adventure games. So anything that's like super easy but makes me think I'm smart and I was challenged, it like, really, really greases my wheels. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with those. Um, it is a short game. It's fairly cheap. And it's made by like a really small studio from Spain. Like there's like 12 people or something like that. So it is, it is worth it. Uh, some of the, the elements of narrative were, were a little jarring uh, because like every time you pick up an item, your character will say something, right? So you'll pick up a photo of them tying up a dude and she'll be like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And then you'll pick up another photo, uh, I don't know, people eating dinner, and she'll be like, oh, Harry, you always were a terrible cook. And they'll they'll be right back to back, and it just, it, it doesn't really fit. Um, otherwise, it was fun. Uh, I, would, I, I, would, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I would recommend it at the $10 uh, price tag. Uh, I remember, uh, like, the game that I felt the most about that with the voice acting was 12 minutes. I remember 12 minutes having moments where 
like Daisy Ridley would just like yell at me for something that I did. And then she'd be like, oh, honey, come to the table and eat something. Right. I like, yeah, I like digging what? through her drawers. And then she, she's like, let's have a let's have some cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I want to break up. Let's have cake. Uh, ugh, 12 minutes. What a that game is really enraged people. Um, yes. Right. Oh, I will say real quick, speaking of enraging people, uh, I am playing Last of Us 2. Oh, yeah. I, I think that'll be probably my last PlayStation 4 uh, title at this point. Um, coming off of playing The Last of Us Remastered, uh, I played that over the summer. And then going into this, first of all, I have no idea why people were mad at this game. I, I think it's great. Um, I like the characters. I like Ellie. I like, you know, Dina. I like everybody... Uh, that's involved even when they're you know a bad person mm-hmm. um, I don't know how far I, I, I am like game wise if I'm halfway through uh, I'm uh, past who are you the playing? TV station yeah, t- uh, what, what's the last thing that happened past TV station you got a while, a while still oh you got a while okay. yeah. yeah but you're, you're a chunk in for sure okay <clears throat> um, I am enjoying it though uh, it does have a very similar game loop uh, mechanic that the first one had where you have these segments of oh I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak and kill zombies now and then there's a breather where you're just exploring a little bit and you know you and Dina are talking and then it'll be oh I'm killing humans now and then there'll be a breather uh, you know riding mm-hmm. a horse or whatever uh, I felt that was very similar to the first one uh, mm-hmm. again like I don't so far I don't find it drastically different um, and Maybe since I played the first one and I have my expectations set where like in the first one, I was a little disappointed that you weren't really rewarded for for exploration. That was that was my take. I actually feel like Last of Us 2 is a little bit better. And it's not just finding cards here and there or maybe extra ammo. But uh, when you are sort of in that very open map where like you literally pull out like this tourist map of Seattle. Uh, I actually like that area. Like I liked that I could go into every building, you know, like the music store. Uh, and, and, and find like a guitar or, you know, uh, a poster, an album. And, and there was some sort of like character development wrapped around that. Yeah. The, uh, take on me, uh, optional yeah. cutscene. <laughs> that, that, that was, was good. Really cool. I like that. Yeah. Can't you play a Creed song as well? <sighs> I don't With know. With arms what? wide open. Mm, no. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember shit. there were like Pearl Jam posters all over the place in the uh, record store. I thought that was funny. Like, it is Seattle. <clears throat> yeah. But it's supposed to be like the end of the world was like 2013. Still listen to Pearl Jam? I mean, I guess. Huh. Why not? I live right. in Washington, so we have to. Every yeah, morning it is, we have to listen Seattle, to a Pearl right? Jam song. Okay. State mandated. Uh, I mean that's how uh, that's how Chicago is with uh, the Blues Brothers. Like you have to watch the Blues Brothers once a year. You, you, once a year, you just have to. Yeah, or else you get like taxed like a grand, I think. <laughs> uh, Oren, what are you playing? Um, I just I you know I haven't been gaming as much lately. I think uh, I've been watching more movies, but uh, I have my 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 update is uh, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves still. And uh, one thing that they added in the new season that I should bring up is they added fireworks to the game. And when you think fireworks, it's like, oh, it's just kind of like a dumb little side thing they put in the game. 
but it's actually incredibly strategic how you can use fireworks because um, you can use fireworks to signal to like an oncoming player ship that you don't want to fight. So you can mm-hmm. shoot off fireworks to kind of be like, hey, don't bother me. Like That means I'm going to definitely kill them, right? <laughs> yeah. that, Sometimes like it works, though. <laughs> really? It's worked because you could shoot off like white flares. You could shoot off whatever. Huh. Um, and it's it's actually surprising how strategic it can be um, to shoot off fireworks. So you, that game just keeps evolving in terms of how you can play it. When you uh, talk about it, I keep wanting to go back and play it again because I did like that game. I just yeah, me too. It, for a while. it was fun. Well, I've started to muster the courage to do solo voyages because, like, I would used to only play with other people because I wasn't confident in my abilities. But I've I've started to do more solo voyages, and I'm actually having a lot of fun just doing just doing merchant quests. Um, so, hmm. I love Sea of Thieves. I actually think it's. I, I hate to say it, but uh, I think it's the open world game that I've always wanted. Like, it feels more immersive to me than, like, a Red Dead 2, you know? And I don't really know why. Like, then, like just, like, the sense of being a pirate on the seas. Maybe it's because it's all, like, player-driven and all, yeah. um, all uh, environment-driven and emergent gameplay-driven that makes it really feel like it's my own experience and not just me playing as Arthur Morgan. I don't know. Great game. I still love it. I might actually play it after the pod, which I said last podcast too, and I did. <laughs> you did? Oh, I think, yeah, you totally did, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I got almost done with the fifth biome in Returnal. I think it's going to take me like literally twice as long to beat this game as like everybody else. Apparently people beat that game like 15, 20 hours. I'm like clocking close to 30. But uh, I think I'm I'm ready to beat it. Some pretty, I, I don't know. I don't have much to say other than it's still great, and there was some pretty, pretty awesome story moments that happened. So yeah, Returnal's uh, good. I know exactly which story moment you're talking about. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will say the fifth biome. Fuck that biome. That mm. biome is horrible. Like I I think uh, that's probably the hardest part of the game in my opinion. So if you overcome that biome. Good to go. You're pretty much, you're pretty much good to go. The sixth Dude, biome is not as yeah. hard, in my opinion. It's been every other. The first biome was really hard for me. The second biome I beat on my first try. Third one was really hard. The fourth one I beat on my first try. The fifth one now I've like died a few times, and I'm like, I need a break. That's the one thing yeah. about that game. I, I need to like stop for like a few days and just be like, all right, I'm gonna come back to this when I've had a good night's sleep and I'm 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 feeling twitchy. One thing too about. Returnal. I feel like whenever I beat a biome, it's because I have decided in my brain that I'm not going to try to beat it. Mm. I'm just going to kind of like play it, and then like eventually I'll have a run that like where everything lines into place and I just beat it. It's like I need to stop wanting anymore, and I just had have to be in like a, a zen flow state. I don't know. It's it's so maybe try I, that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I have to. I got to stop grasping and just accept the present. Um, Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have more games to talk about? I put Valheim, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna save that for next week. And uh, I think we're this? good. You don't. You don't want to talk about Seven Deadly Sins? Hitman Three is prohibited. It is no more Hitman. Um, <laughs> the I'm one. Take a drink. <laughs> I'll just. I'll just say that the one thing I'll say about Hitman Three. Um, there was an update that happened on January 20th 
Um, they introduced an elusive targets arcade mode that's oh, like a yeah. roguelike mode. And I played it and I got my ass kicked. But oh, I'm going to keep playing it because it's fun. That That is actually... I love the elusive targets, so that is very much my jam. All right. Sorry, Mike. Um, Sorry, Mike. I'm just kidding, you guys. Uh, okay, so now lo- we're going to... I love the fiber do- wire. It's my favorite. No, that's not true. I love the baller silence pistol. It's my oh, favorite. yeah. Silver baller? Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. only one that's accurate. Um, they they got to bring back the dual silver ballers. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. Like... Hmm. I want to do the... Oh, well. He, like, walks around the entire environment like this all the time. Like, everywhere you look, his arms are just pointed out with two guns. I remember that. That must really stress out his shoulders. You know what I mean? It's got to be I love that about video games. Like, there's some weird bald guy walking with two guns, and his arms are straight out, and no one one freaks out because it's an old Xbox game. (laughs) Do you guys remember the physics of Hitman 2? Like where like you would shoot guys with silver ballers and then their ragdoll would fly like yeah ten feet. It was hilarious. Hitman two. You yeah, mean like, like Hitman well, two? Hitman two. Like like Hitman like, uh, two. Blood money. Like the second I, Hitman. I never played that one actually. I remember Kevin I it playing it. I was like, my what the house. fuck is this game? I just yeah. like how slow the bullets were. Like, like oh, yeah. Yeah. everything was <laughs> yeah. like this white chunk that would slowly move through the air. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give you know, the NPCs you know, time to dodge. Speaking speaking of that, have you guys ever played like the Chronicles of Riddick? Have you played that? Yeah, game? It's machine it's games, man. Basically. Machine games, yeah. Starbreeze and yeah. like uh Starbreeze, also yeah. they did the darkness. Those two games, going back to play those, like you'll fire a gun and it'll be like three seconds and then it will like hit the wall. It's like the slowest Weird. moving bullet ever in those games. It's I funny would... that that they did that and they made like some of the best shooters ever. It's like, yeah. How exactly. did they? How did that happen? Apparently, they learned. They learned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Oren, what you you've been excited to reveal something, a secret. Really? It says to be revealed. Oh. Oh, what is it, Oren? Spill yeah, the beans. Spill the beans, buddy. Oren's top three most anticipated games to be revealed. Uh, oh. And the reveal is that I'm not four. excited for anything that's coming out this year. Wow. This year is very boring. Like, what? where's Hitman? Where's Resident Evil? Where's the, there's <laughs> nothing? He's got those. Okay. Where's the David Lynch movies? Put yeah. back behind the veil. Um, <laughs> David Lynch's birthday was what, yesterday or the day before? There's probably, yeah. probably going to be Resident Evil DLC this year, if I had to yeah. guess. So that's Hitman my DLC. most anticipated then. Is, is Elden Ring, Stalker Elden 2, Ring, dude. System Shock remake, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Warren Spector is working on System Shock. No, that's never coming out. That is that is not that's not a real thing. That's that's fake. But <laughs> Tencent bought that game, and now it's just like in. There's been no new information for ages, so maybe maybe it'll come out and be great. But the System Shock remake being made by Night Dive might come out this year i don't want to i don't want to promise anything for them my anticipated game is uh the night dive remaster of quake 2 it's gonna happen i think uh maybe they'll even include the rtx features from the uh, rtx game who knows i don't know they'll work with nvidia i have no idea but uh that's what i want other than elder obviously (laughs) you know a game i'm actually kind of weirdly interested in even though it's probably not good is uh, Crossfire X, and that's only because Remedy's doing the single-player campaign. 
So I'm kind of like oh, mildly wait, interested. Wait, is that the that's Counter-Strike not... clone from China? Yeah, it is. But like Remedy is speci- it's coming out like in a few weeks. And but uh, the reason why I'm interested is like Remedy specifically did the single player. So I feel like the single player could be good. I don't know. They should um, advertise that with that Crossfire commercial, you know? Crossfire, you get caught up in the... They should totally do that. That would be, that would be so and good. That was also what ATI's uh, two graphic card solution was called. Oh, yeah, right? Crossfire. Crossfire X. Yeah. I think it was Crossfire X, right? Or am I wrong about that? Maybe it was just Crossfire. I think it was just Crossfire. I'm just really looking forward to the moment in Crossfire X where you realize your machine gun's actually an altered object. And that you've you've been in an altered world event, and you're like, ah, oh, crap! And then Alan Wake shows up, and he just like flashes in your face, like, oh god, it's Alan Wake! <laughs> and you I'm turn really into excited. a weird uh, ghost monster thing. Yeah, and then like uh, there's an after the credit scene where Jesse Fadden shows up, and she's like, I know what's happening. I know why you're confused. Come with me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do a Crossfire Act. Wait, isn't that coming out this year? Alan yeah, Wake it's does. coming out. Oh, Alan Wake Two. Or I don't think it's coming out. This no year. way, no way. No. That was like a well, that was like an announcement that they're developing it. That that's, that's just being worked on. It's like it'll yeah. come out when Elder Scrolls Seven comes out. It'll come out in twenty twenty four, maybe twenty twenty three, but not next, not this year. No. You know I'm what? Okay Elden Ring this year with, with Remedy's Ring. pace. Hmm. Uh, I'm okay with Remedy's pace. Uh, yeah. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed every game they've yeah. made, and even if it's like six years apart, uh, it's it's fine with me. Uh, Mike, I finally played uh, Alan Wake after not after procrastinating on it for so long, and it was awesome. That is a really good game. Yeah, I I liked it, but I would never want to play it again. Uh, mm-hmm. I I really dislike the flashlight. Uh, sure. Uh, the flashlight gun mechanic. <laughs> I'm not the only one. No, no, no. Think, it's it's painful. It's it like a so game I'd, I'd watch someone play because like <clears throat> the storytelling and all that is awesome, and I like the yeah. characters. I just didn't like playing it. I like that. Um, <laughs> Remedy has this sort of like, like you could tell Sam Lake really wanted to be a musician or something because there's always this sort of like music video segment and even yeah. control has one uh yeah I, I love I, the control one Dynamite me too it's it's yeah it's so fun but uh it's it's just kind of hilarious uh you know he has his friend musicians uh make make a song for each game yeah hmm. you see i i kind of feel that way about sam Lake, but i also feel like he he just he, he's like hideo kojima to me where he kind of wanted yeah. to be a filmmaker. Filmmaker. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the vibe I get from him. That he wanted to do like David Lynch style movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I definitely see that. I'm trying to think of other games coming out. Uh, Final Fantasy Origins is coming out. Which is that is, the game uh, that I will kill chaos? You, yeah. Yeah, and it's <laughs> okay. it's hilarious okay. too because it's coming out like. It's coming out two or three weeks after Elden Ring, and it's another Souls game. To me, that's, well, that's not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> they should delay it. <laughs> that's gonna get buried. Yeah. Yeah. They you should not you shouldn't release a Souls game less than a month after Elden Ring. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> in the same quarter. Don't even release it in the same quarter. Elden Ring is gonna be. It's a multiplayer game. It's gonna be their biggest game. Yeah. Elden Ring. Oh, I think so for sure. Yeah. For, at least You're for sales right. and, and, and media appeal and, and hype and all that. I mean, it's already massive. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, there's more like mainstream hype behind Elden Ring than uh, ever before. Uh, yeah, but also like more so than games that you'd think would be the mainstream hype games like Horizon. Yeah, like it's it's more hyped than games like that. Oh yeah, it's been interesting to Horizon watch the comes out. games go from seemingly niche to the most influential games of the decade to mm-hmm. mass appeal. It's been cool to see that happen. Yeah. And yeah, Horizon comes out in two weeks too, uh, Aaron. So mm. I don't know if you're going to play that. I'm sorry, Mike. What were you going to say? Oh, I, well, I, I, I was, I was just commenting on the fact that, like, FromSoft, their appeal is huge now. Like, they are, they are legendary, yeah. but they haven't compromised, right? Like, there's no easy mode. Uh, it's yeah. so like every game that comes out, you know, there's always some journalist that sort of laments about that. However, they've, they've stayed true, and I think they've refined all of their gameplay mechanics through each one. Mm-hmm. Like, Bloodborne's probably my favorite game of all time, hands down at this point. So um, but I also agree that Sekiro is the most refined gameplay out of out of all of them. Like, it is super satisfying. Uh, it has yeah, less, that, less quirks. <laughs> I, I love I love Sekiro and Bloodborne <laughs> a lot, but I agree with that statement. I, I think like Sekiro gameplay wise is the best, but. Bloodborne, man, like the I don't think that there's I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but there's never been a video game in my life where I would spend hours on the Internet reading mm. theories about what happened in that game. Like no other game has ever done that in my life except for Bloodborne. Like it's amazing. So to me, one of the things that that gave Bloodborne uh, a lot of um replayability was the chalice dungeons and elden right. ring i i think kind of has a similar concept where you kind of like go into these caves uh hmm. oh, i'm really does? hoping uh yeah oh that's now it, awesome. it, it it'll probably be a little bit more static like uh the chalice dungeons were, were basically uh randomly generated right um so i think elden ring will have more of a curated set of these like cave systems and dungeons but i'm i'm hoping that they're taking the same idea and branching it out a little bit. I do too. I think the, uh, in my opinion, the, um, the chalice dungeons of bloodborne are like for the most hardcore of hardcore bloodborne players. Cause it, they can be a slog to go through, but they can also be very engaging and very fun. Uh, they are so they're, worth it. If they're so confusing. Love fighting too. bosses. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Do you guys remember the, uh, what's the name of that beast? It's like the headless beast or like the, uh, blood starved beast. That like had this claw attack that would one shot you. Yeah, <laughs> that was so hard. Is that that's in the Chalice Dungeon, right? Yeah, yeah. he would just kind of yeah. like bring his claw back and then just like sh- shoot it at you, and it would always, almost always be a one hit. It was. I if terrible. they have Chalice Dungeons in Elden Ring, that game is gonna be like easily four hundred hours for me because I played like every Souls game on Steam for like at least two hundred hours. <laughs> so, uh, it's gonna be playing a lot of that game, I'm sure. Hmm. All right, um, Elden Ring. Well, one last thing about Elden Ring that, <laughs> like, there's two things I want to say about Elden Ring before you move talk on. about from soft games forever. Right. One, <laughs> I like the yellow aesthetic, like, you know, like because Bloodborne's like red and dark, and Sekiro had its own vibe. I like how this is all yellow. I don't know, it looks cool. But the other thing that I'm kind of curious about because I've been watching a lot of gameplay footage, which I probably shouldn't do. I should be don't tell surprised me. By it. I plug my ears. Okay, I'm just going to say that I'm not 
totally sold on the open world yet. I'm not sure mm. if it has oh, yeah, okay. to be open world. So we'll see how that shakes out. I'm curious. We will find out in a month. Yeah. Right. We will. Hmm. I'm sure we'll all be talking about it. You know, I never talk about Sekiro on this podcast. <laughs> we were we were on a break when that came out and uh, was never talked about it. We've talked about it. I like Sekiro a lot, by the way. Just uh, I never talked about I'm it. Gonna, I never said anything about it. I'm going to insert a clip ba- of you. Bad, overrated game. Nobody about cares Sekiro. about Sekiro. Uh, right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I beat it four uh, times. No, I love it. You, Sekiro's amazing. You beat amazing. these games like five times, and then you like hate on them. You played Doom Eternal what, like 63 Sekiro. times. I did play Doom Eternal a lot. I, I liked Doom Eternal. I just like to get on your nerves, Aaron, <laughs> All right. honestly. Let's play a game, guys. Is uh, I'm going to say a game, and you tell me if it's coming out this year or not. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. I think it's going to get canceled. It's, it's yeah, supposed it's canceled. <laughs> okay. Um, Saints Row. New Saints Row. This year. I think it's going to come out, but it's going to be like August. As they, Yo, ho, ho, and a day. bottle of Saints Row. Redfall. No. Uh, that's the arcane one with the vampires? That's not the vampire of the masquerade? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. 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 Okay. I think it might. Uh, Starfield. No. No. <laughs> it's even on my list of things that I'm looking forward to in 2022, but I don't think it's going to come out. I don't think it's. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think it could. Maybe. I don't know. Stalker 2. It would be shocking. I think I'm going to say no out. on Stalker 2. I think it'll come out this year. Yeah, I think it's too close to the end of the year. Right. It'll, it'll, it'll be pushed back. Uh, System Shock remake. It better fucking come out this year. I'm waiting so long for that game. Please, Night Dive, release it. Please, I want to play it. I backed that game in the beginning, and I've I've just given up on ever playing it. Mm. <laughs> Dude, the, this demo we released was so fun. Demo's pretty so good, good, yeah. It was good. And uh, also, it's going to come with System Shock 2 in VR. It's supposed to also come with that, apparently. Right, that's definitely not happening this year. Is that going to happen uh, now? I don't know. That could actually be really good for that game, huh? Yeah. The UI is a little funky. Uh, you, you got a list of games you're excited for, Mike? Uh, it's a relatively short list. What do I have here? Uh, okay, so uh, Elden Ring, obviously. Um, I don't think I don't think I need to explain that. Uh, Stalker Two, Starfield. Uh, I am actually really looking forward to any sort of Cyberpunk 2077 DLC. Uh, Me I, too. I, I, I play it. I've restarted my uh, game. <laughs> like last week and I'm loving it just as much as when it first came out. Uh, I really feel that game got a lot of undeserved hate. Big fan. Um, But one of the things that I'm actually looking forward to are surprises, right? Mm. Like um, Disco Elysium was not on my radar at all. And that is probably like my, Easy, one of my top five games. Uh, I absolutely love that game. I love it so more good. than Planescape Torment, which I thought was like my number one CRPG. Uh, mm. It's fantastic. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to a gem like that again. I don't know if I'll get it, but here's hoping. Maybe Paparazzi, you know? Like maybe that's uh, <laughs> the gem I'm looking for. Did you see the guy on PC Gamer, uh, his dog, Fraser Brown, his dog, Cosmo, he has reviewed the game? with him no it's like the most adorable dog ever oh man it's very i was thinking of getting paparazzi for my girlfriend 
I think she'll like. I it. was I was probably gonna get it for my son because it looks pretty. It looks yeah. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's my list. It, All right, my my list is really similar to your list. I think the only thing I would add to it is I'm still kind of excited for Ghostwire Tokyo. I feel yeah. like that game might be fun. So I think it will be I too. I kind of lost my excitement when I saw the gameplay. I don't know. Sure. I, when yeah. they first had like the 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 teaser, I was I was thinking it'd be more uh, horror themed. And then when I saw some of the gameplay, I don't know. It it didn't it didn't mesh with me. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's my auteurist side of it's like it's Shinji Mikami, but you know Shinji Mikami mm. doesn't hit home runs all the time. So yeah, we'll see. Is he just producing it, or is he working on it directly? Oh, uh, I think he, be- I think he, he became it? the creative director after that that oh. that one person left. Um, that could be good then, right? She yeah. probably makes good stuff, man. Big fan as well, of course. One of my favorites, developers. <laughs> uh, I'm watching this trailer. I I don't like the way it looks at all. Oh no! I love that's, Japanese that's, games. I'll probably really like it. That's probably like right up my alley. Hmm. So especially Japanese horror games, like. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm in. There's pro- uh, but what to, to what Mike said, it's so funny. Sometimes, like, listing off most anticipated games is kind of futile because, uh, like, for example, I had no idea that Hades was going to come out in 2020 and that I would think it would be so amazing, you know? And it's just sometimes sometimes the surprises are these, like, little... Or Death's Door, Aaron. Like, mm. I, I yeah, wasn't Death's anticipating Door. that, and that was one of my games of the year. So... Yeah, sometimes like it is that little indie that comes out of nowhere that blows your mind that ends up being your game of the year. For me, that was my the ascent as well. Like I, yeah, oh yeah, about it and love that game. So the ascent, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I also remember not anticipating The Last of Us Part Two, and I like that game blew my mind. Me neither. I didn't even like the first game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes it's the game that you're not that you're like that's gonna suck and then yeah, you play yeah. it like watch like it's gonna be 12 months from now and i'll be like guys horizon forbidden west what a game right it just changed my vision of everything. kevin's gonna be all about god of war 2 yeah oh i hated the know, first man. god of war but now yeah i, I know it. <laughs> it'd be like last of us it'll, it'll, that's that'd be so funny <laughs> I'm looking forward so, to man. games in the next ten years, where instead of it being like you're a you're a, like a father son, or you're a, a parent, like Last of Us and God of War, where you're a grandparent, because that's mm. th- that'll like that'll slot me in that sort of next phase of mm-hmm. uh, of life. And I think just as like game developers are aging, uh, mm-hmm. that's that'll be the trend. So two are their protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Grandpa Simulator. Mm-hmm. You'll just be slow walking forever, Kevin. You'll yeah, the it. whole game will be slow walking. It'll be my worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, why don't they make a game where you can walk a dog? Is there a game where you can walk a dog? It's like like a good dog walking game. Did I, don't I just know. come up with something? Cool. I feel like that could be fun. It's really like well, you should probably just be walking a dog in real life at that point, right? But uh... that could be fun though. If, if it was like a Japanese game and there was like all these power ups and crazy things happening. <laughs> Like in um, Yakuza, like a dragon, there's these, there's this board mini game where you have to like meet the board of investors for your company that you're running, and like yeah. you have to like um, 
like one of the things is like that you have to apologize, but you have like different levels of apologies and like it damages the investors different amounts, like the, like the level of apology. <laughs> so if you hit them with like a really good apology, they take really heavy damage <laughs> and they'll get like knocked out of the, <laughs> the board meeting. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yakuza. I feel like video games peaked with Yakuza. You know, it's just been in decline, you know? Mm, so good. <laughs> Those games are amazing. <clears throat> All right. Uh, any predictions? Anything else we're looking forward to in twenty twenty two? Um. Gosh, I don't know. It's kind of. A, I'm. I'm a little less excited about this year than twenty twenty one. But maybe it's because twenty twenty one was like a year made for me. Like it felt like it. Was, we were getting like a new Halo game, a new Resident Evil game, a new Hitman game. So this year is like kind of not what I want, but. I'll be open-minded. I'll try to be. All right. Yeah, I don't have anything. I'm like, what are the coalition working on? When's mm. that new Indiana Jones game coming from Machine Games? Yeah. Like, what's id working on? They gotta be working on something. There's gotta be at least an announcement. So I'm just hoping for it's some a new multiplayer mode for Doom Eternal. <laughs> the invasions, dude. When they finally release it, I'll totally play that mode. That that's that they, so they said they're not gonna do that, right? No, they said that that was going to be the back burn, but it's not canceled. Oh, yeah, I think it's canceled. Man, that um, sucks. That, would, that was the mode I wanted to play. <laughs> I will say... Because that game has a pr- pretty cool PvP mode. Yeah, I, I will say, like, generally speaking, I have no idea what's going to come out the second half of this year. It seems very, like, Yeah, I feel like there could be a lot that we just haven't heard of yet. Yeah. Microsoft probably has some surprises. I mean, I'm sure they got some stuff planned. They got so many studios, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like a lot of stuff is just going to get pushed into 2024 because of Omicron. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, it it still feels like we're in the uh, pandemic slump. Um, yeah. You know, like, when all of this first started, you know, uh, E3 was fairly lackluster, and then the year after, and then... I was at least anticipating like, oh, no, okay, so fine. Like, we're, like all of a sudden in 2021, we're going to get a bunch of games or even 2022. But I, I, I think it's still taking its toll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do hope Obsidian Entertainment announces something because like, mm. you know, recently they released the DLC for the Outer Worlds. And I, I'd like to think they've, they've had something on the back burner since then. Yeah. Well, they're working on a vow, right? And then yeah, we're on, I, I, um, I hope yeah, that Outer Worlds out. 2 as well. Yeah. Yeah, Outer Worlds 2. And they have that game Grounded, which I've the never out, played. The Ant game. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk yeah. the Kids. Yeah. Uh, does anybody play that game? I've never, nobody's, I've never seen anybody out of my, playing that. Out of my age range. Yeah, uh, my kids be. have played it. Okay. But it was they also like it? Um, a bit, yeah. But, you know, it wasn't finished. If you have arachnophobia, um, <laughs> Don't play that game. I do. <laughs> you can actually crank up the terror meter and oh, yeah, like <laughs> so, <laughs> the terror so meter. See, I like this. Yeah, well, no, no. So uh, specifically for the spiders, there's like there's like a slider I think in in the settings. Spider and, slider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like like how horrible and menacing the spider is versus just like it starts to get more and more of a, a blob. That's cool. They look good. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully some good indie shit comes out in 2022 that catches us off guard. I don't know what else to 
to say. Uh, I really want to see System Shock remake get out the gate, get that thing finished. But I, I agree. I really want to play that. How about this? Like before we close this segment, we just say like what our most anticipated game is and what our biggest prediction is. And All I'll right. start first. I'm going to say my most anticipated is probably Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah, that's my most anticipated. Uh, and my big prediction is that we're finally either going to get a Banjo-Kazooie game announced or a Conqueror's Bad Fur Day game announced. That, but it won't be made by Rareware. It will be delegated to a, another toys studio under... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So like a Banjo-Kazooie Toys for Bob game. Uh, that's my big prediction. That's probably pretty accurate, to be honest. I, I hope so. <laughs> who's, who's next? We're all going to say Elden uh, Ring, right? I mean... Yeah. How, how about yeah. most anticipated that's not Elden Ring? In that case, okay. it would be... Stalker 2. Elden sure. Ring? Stalker 2. I don't know. <clears throat> so my most anticipated game is Elden Ring. Um, my second most anticipated game is probably Elden Ring. Um, I can't think. <laughs> honestly, such like a everything else, after everything else seems so far off. Is what it is. Right. Like, um, <laughs> I really want soccer too. I really want. Yeah. Uh, and I also really want um, the, Starfield. Uh, Starfield. Did that come out this year? I mean, you you guys said no, it's not, but it's it has a release date for November. Oh, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I mean, we haven't even seen like anything about that game. Like it seems. Oh, like we've seen so like, much concept art. Concept on Twitter. art and like <laughs> pre-rendered trailers. So yeah, Starfield could be awesome. That's exciting. Play on it. Hopefully, it'll be cross-save Xbox, PC, uh, oh, Star Shock please. remake. Um, I want the Quake Two Night Dive remaster. That's my anticipated game. <laughs> I don't think that's coming. I feel, I feel like we all have the same most so. anticipated games. It's just Stalker Two, Elden Ring, and Starfield. <laughs> and it's just like that's it, right? There's like four games. Uh, man, predictions though. I think it's very possible that we could see an announcement of a Blizzard RTS. Not maybe by Blizzard, but someone's gonna make someone. Come on, we gotta get a Warcraft game, a Starcraft, something. Someone's mm. gotta make an RTS game, right? Is that genre just dead? I don't know. Yeah. I think we'll I think see some is. older revivals. How about this? Old revivals of something cool. I guess Orin already said that, but that's what I want to see. Is some, there's so many properties that are now suddenly available to large swaths of money. So, yes. Uh, you know, may, maybe they'll announce Blackthorn too. You know, you, you never know. There's so many buried uh, Blizzard IPs out there. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want that to be misconstrued as uh, <laughs> uh, insider knowledge. So... Uh, I'm looking forward to Elden Ring, uh, as everyone said. But aside from that, uh, Cyberpunk uh, DLC uh, again. Like I, I'm really looking forward to uh, expanding that world a little bit, and maybe even like like a hint of what is beyond that first game. Uh, otherwise, what would my uh, what would be great is if uh, consumer hardware normalizes but i don't think that's going to be this year at all uh, sadly mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i was fortunate i got a 3080 because i was on the evga waiting list um i've been trying to get like a 3060 or something equivalent you know for my oh, kids because yeah. you know i don't know you guys can see my background but like there's oh, three... I, have, I had one of those man dude I, I never got an email still <laughs> yeah yeah no I, well I, like i'm i i was still on the waiting list 
uh, for a thirty sixty, and then EVGA sent out that that email basically saying like, oh, "Hey, yeah, they wiped the list." They did, and they Bastards. said like, "You're only allowed two now," uh, and Ooh. they completely reset. But I felt they, I was like I was I was like a week away, right? Because Aaron, mm-hmm. you had gotten uh, your announcement of like being able to get a thirty sixty, and I signed up for a thirty sixty at least like the same time as you. Yeah, yeah. So I was I, I was a little I was a little sad about that, and I had been trying like the new egg shuffle, uh, for I think like a month straight. So like every morning at eight a.m., you know, you can you can enter the shuffle, uh, but the prices big. just kept um, getting higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. like like they would only bundle it with like oh get a thirty sixty and a five hundred dollar motherboard that I don't I don't want, so I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, ugh. um. My most anticipated game is uh, Paparazzi. No, I don't even know what that is, but I like Dude, the name. Paparazzi, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you take pictures of dogs, man. I know. It's like Pokemon uh, Snap of dogs. <laughs> actually, Gran Turismo 7 comes out in a little more than a month. I'd kind of like to try that just to see what it's like to play a racing game with that, that uh, DualShock 5 controller might be. Mm. That, that's like one place where I could see it being really cool, like feeling some tension on the brakes and the gas. Um, You'll miss uh, Mexico, I think. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll be I quite agree. the same thing. Uh, I don't know. I think that, yeah, Mike's right that there's just not going to be any hardware availability. Maybe consoles. Maybe maybe at the end of the year, you'll be able to buy a console with some reliability. Like, you could get a PS5 or Xbox. But I don't think video cards are going to be anywhere near. Like, I don't think PC gaming is going to be accessible for the next 18 months, which sucks. It does. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the Series S will always be available, though, and that gives true. me hope. That gives me hope. No one, th- I think no one realizes how awesome that console is. I think they think it's, it's like so crappy. good, and it's so good. I know. I, I literally uh, sometimes I, sometimes I move it around. Like if I don't want to play it on like a monitor, I'll bring it to the TV, and it's like not even a problem. Like you just pick it up with one hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very portable. Uh, I predict Sony buys a a publisher. That's that's my prediction. I hope not. I hope they're not. Gonna, they're going to buy well, from Soft. Oh, 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 I thought you said no, Microsoft. Please don't, don't ever say that. Don't, don't even say that. Okay? Every, don't even say that. And from Soft being so lazy, none of their games are going to come to PC. Get ready for it, guys. You're going to be playing 24 frames per second from Soft games on your PS5. <laughs> it's so cinematic. Don't even yeah. say that. Don't even make this joke. <laughs> it's so I don't want to even think about it. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got for that. But uh, let's let's move into recommendations. Uh, Oren, you watching any movies? Yeah, I've been uh, doing my year-end catch-up of all of the uh, movies that came out, and uh, I discovered this Japanese filmmaker named Ryosuke Hamaguchi, and he uh, he did two films last year. One called Drive My Car, and the other one's called Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. And I thought they were both great movies, and I, I rewatched Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy twice because I loved it so much. And uh, I recommend them because a lot of those movies are about like how like people finding connection with other people in interesting, weird, interesting ways or under weird circumstances. And uh, I, I related to it a lot. So my recommendation, if you're into Japanese cinema, Drive My Car, or Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy are both great movies from last year. Mike, what do you what do you got down there? 
Uh, in the same vein, uh, and oddly also Japanese, uh, I have two movie recommendations. And these are two, two movies that I saw this year that really just stuck with me. Uh, I, I just thought about them a lot. I rewatched them. First one is Violence Voyager. And it's basically a movie made from paper dolls. So it has this really bizarre mixed medium. It is gory. It is disturbing. It has um, potentially, you know, controversial themes. Children are involved. Uh, but it's 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 very entertaining. It's very original. It's a blast. Um, hmm. It's basically about, like, these two kids that they're, they're, they're trying to go visit their friend, who they say lives, like, on the other side of the mountain. And they find this amusement park. Uh, inside the mountain and it it just it just goes off from there uh the second film is the spine of night this is a rotoscoped dark fantasy um the you know small film studio i think it's called gorgonaut um i originally found like a short that they made um called exordium and it's what the spine of night sort of like leapfrogs off of but it's it's like i don't know maybe a five minute uh rotoscoped animated short has incredible music uh i downloaded the album uh for free so the spine of night is basically um like in an, like like a three hour not three hour probably like, probably like over two hours heavy metal-esque mm. uh dark fantasy it's gory um there's no real protagonist which i think is great like there is but the 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 entire film sort of tricks you into thinking like oh this will be the hero nope it just it it's just it's bleak. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it looks awesome. Those I'm looking sound, at the those trailer. Sound, those sound awesome. I gotta check those out. Yeah, good Very racks, nice. man. Kevin, um, my rec is more a concept than an actual specific recommendation. Um, I've been watching a bunch of interviews for some reason with uh, John Carpenter and uh, David Cronenberg, mm. and oh, yeah. both of them. I've watched the interviews with them recently. I also watched interviews with them when they were pitching their movies. And it's very interesting to hear them talk about um, their understanding of the genre, as you would expect, is very in-depth and, and like very broad. It was really cool to see John Carpenter specifically talking about how, if you look at horror movies, they've been, in the, they've been around since the very beginning of cinema. And they always reflect the fears of that time period. And I keep thinking about that point. Whenever I'm watching something that's like scary, I'm like always like, God, that is so true. He's like so on. Like I was thinking about like 80s slasher movies, how like in the 70s there were so many slat like murders and serial killers. Like of course in the 80s they were all afraid of getting killed in their home by slashers. And there's like you know a lot of the big horror movies at that time. Not all of them, but a lot of them were slashers. And amongst other themes, it's like a, if you think about almost all the themes of a lot of these movies. And I also was thinking uh, I was reading about aliens recently as we were talking about. And this one critic was talking about, like, and this relates to, I think, John Carpenter's point. He was talking about how, if you look at how the military is portrayed in Aliens, they're kind of, like, inept, and they kind of, like, botch things a lot and, like, bungle, like, they're kind of defeated, and, and, and um, that's not how it was, like, in the movie Them, he contrasted it with, where the, the military is, like, just and right, it's, like, coming, so, like, and, like, they defeat the aliens, and they save the day, and they're the heroes. And he was saying how, like, that's, like, World War II era, you know, thinking versus Vietnam era thinking. So it was like, oh, that's a really cool point. Mm-hmm. And it relates to John Carpenter, like exactly, like it's completely a reflection of that era. So I just thought it was a cool like thing to, to kind of hear what these guys have said. Cause I've always watched their movies and like them, but I haven't watched them speak about stuff a lot. Um, and it's been really cool to see that. So I don't know, I guess my point is just to, if you, if you like a creator, like see what they have to say is outside of just what they express in their 
creations because they can be pretty interesting. Cool. I, I also just think like David Cronenberg specifically is like always interesting to listen to because he's I, I so think, smart and poignant. Yeah, that's like that's the thing because so many filmmakers, even great filmmakers that you that like I love or sometimes they're not very articulate, but David Cronenberg's always articulate. So he's, he's so always, articulate. Yeah. I was so impressed. I've watched this, like this one interview with him like four times. We talk about stuff fly because there's so much in there that he says. And he talks about how, like, he says the whole movie to him, which is, like, the most beautifully Cronenberg description. He says, like, imagine you drilled someone's head open. And, like, my, he's like, imagine you drilled my head open and, like, just leaked everything out. That would be the fly. Like, it's just a nightmare. Like, it's a nightmare that I had made into a movie. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. Also, perfectly gory description by Cronenberg, the body horror man. <laughs> he has a, a new movie coming out soon, too. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, David Cronenberg's son uh, is also a filmmaker, and right, he, he has is, made huh? some incredible movies. Uh, Possessor, Possessor is wild. It's yeah, it's it it is it, wild, uh, and Antiviral, I think, which was also Antiviral. a Heard very of sort of bizarre movie. Are they in the David Cronenberg style, or does he have his own vibe? Well, well, uh, I think he's way more abstract. Okay. Oh, hmm. okay. To um, me. I, I mean, like, Possessor was kind of interesting to watch because uh, usually when I watch David Cronenberg movies, he uses, like, kind of a slightly wide-angle lens, a lot of shot-reverse shot, like, very st- more static coverage, while uh, uh, Brandon Cronenberg used, like, a lot more, like, telephoto zoom shots, and I almost felt like he was trying to make himself different from his dad in a way that was kind of cool. And uh, also, I agree, it is more conceptual it's also like some of the violence in Possessor, even for Cron- David Cronenberg, was like, oh, my God, that is yeah. what? So, yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot, Possessor. Hmm. Much much darker, too. Like, hmm. uh, the the fly, I think, is, is a masterpiece. And it is darker, but it's also, it's, it's based in reality. Like, it's very, very real. You could almost see this happening, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like possessor is very almost like far-fetched futuristic and then how it handles some of the elements and that ending um, Hmm. really really gives david Cronenberg a run for his money Hmm. Uh, i Hmm. showed uh, my brother possessor and he like was like so perturbed and pissed off by that ending but i kind of dig it i dig it Hmm. yeah me too uh, yeah, you should check it out, Kevin. Uh, also, yeah, well. also, I just love David Cronenberg's like, I love it when he goes full weird. I'm not making this movie for anybody except for me mode. And like, I'm specifically talking about crash. Like crash is just such that movie. I, I can't believe that movie exists sometimes. Hmm. Um, and, but like, that's like the crazy thing is like listening to David Cronenberg talk about crash is fascinating. Like it's, it's, it's hmm. I don't know the way he talks about his art is really just I'm I'm never tired of it. I agree. He's he's so it's really I completely agree. <clears throat> cool. All right. Uh, I have kind of a I guess because we're all doing double recommendations. Uh, Dexter has a the show Dexter about the serial killer starring Michael C. Hall had a new season to sort of like undo its infamously horrific 
final season. It's, it's probably considered to have like the worst finale in TV history, I've which I, I, I have an opinion I would I would side with to some extent. Um, the new season, worse than Game of Thrones. well, what? Is it worse than Game of Thrones? <laughs> I mean, it was never as good as Game of Thrones. So, like Game of Thrones okay. is just like watching like a you know a beautiful falcon just get shot down. <laughs> But like, like Dexter is like Dexter was like the strength of that show was like Michael uh, C. Hall's performance and the character was really interesting. But like it was always kind of trashy, you know, like it was never like prestige TV. But uh, the new season kind of follows the same thing. And it's, it's cool to have Dexter back. And it's also kind of trashy, but it was enjoyable. And I think it, it's a much better um, handling of, of the series. So it's a limited series. So it's not like going to be a new show, but it, it was good. I recommend watching that for people who watched Dexter and got really and felt they wanted a better ending. Um, also, The Expanse, which I think I've recommended previously, concluded. They concluded a little bit like Game of Thrones that there was a six episode season where you felt like a lot of plot points were just kind of stuffed into six episodes. But all in all, like the show is not perfect, but it's pretty good space opera sci-fi. If you're looking for something like that, I don't know. I enjoy it. I think I, I think like a lot that. of our audience would enjoy it. If you want something that's not Star Wars, you know, you don't want to watch the the new Boba Fett show. Watch The Expanse. <laughs> you might like it. Best show on TV, Book of Boba Fett. So good. I love it. All right. Boba Fett has taken up too much of this podcast time. Uh <laughs> we we're out of here. That was a long long pod. Mike, thanks for coming by. We appreciate it having you. Yeah, it was Definitely. a blast. Good to have you, man. Thanks, Mike. I, uh, I feel like I, I, I really ballooned the podcast episode with all my leaking thoughts, but thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's like we drilled your brain and just sucked and, out yeah, the Yeah, like, like a nightmare f- fell out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the nightmare fell out of your brain. Uh, Madden, we love you. Thanks for the, for the awesome music, and uh, thanks for that list last episode. It's good to hear Definitely. your voice. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with something else. I don't know what. Probably. You know what's going to happen? Horn, what's going to happen in the next two weeks? Life, man. Microsoft is going to buy Apple. Yeah. I, I, liked, I liked my answer. Uh, all right. That's it. We'll uh, be back in two weeks. Bye-bye.